Hello, simpletons. You're listening to the Minimalists Private Podcast. We have so much to talk about. We're going to talk about try buying nothing new this holiday season. We're going to answer a bunch of your surprise questions. We got Malabama and Danny Unknown and Podcast Sean and Jordan No More here in the studio with us. But Ryan, I want to start off before we get to more about less. Mm. Let's talk about the holiday season and the many things. The gifts, the obligations, the debt, the expectations, the overbearing family members Mm. that interrupt our joy during the supposedly most joyous time of the year. Mm. So let's talk about it. Well, I'm just trying to think, what are the things that have stressed me out in years past? This is my 40th Christmas this year. Mm. I believe it's yours as well. Yeah. And... I do remember as a kid, quite often, even though we didn't barely have anything, they were joyous for me. Mm. But I imagine your experience was a little bit different. Hmm. Um, but that goes into this overbearing family member thing, right? Yeah. You had some family that made it illegal in your household to participate in the joy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate holidays. Right. Because of the root of, like Christmas, for example, it started with the Christ. S- yeah, the winter solstice. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. Anyway, I could go on a whole tangent about how this is ridiculous because you look at the root of Jehovah's Witnesses and it started on really awful things. Um, All right. But regardless, uh, yeah, wasn't allowed to celebrate it um, growing up. Um, you would be punished. <laughs> I would be punished if I celebrated Christmas. But when my mom uh, divorced my dad, like when I was in the second grade, I remember like that being my first introduction to Christmas. So my mom really went out of her way and my grandmother, who we were living with at the time in Ohio, um, to give me a really good Christmas. Dude, it was awesome. I remember like coming down the stairs and like there was a bike under the tree and I was like, oh, is that for me? Like, Mm. like feeling really good about it. But other than, you know, I think there's something with like the first seven years of your life where, where so many things get cemented. So even though I started celebrating Christmas with my mother in the second grade, um, uh, uh, I, I, it's never really been that important to me. Yes, there's been some joyous times. I do love Christmas time. I love the lights. I do love the the idea of like, hey, this time of the year is a time to be compassionate. It's a time to give. It's a time to show your love. It's a time to show that you care. I mean, I think we should do that year round, right? I mean, obviously we think that and we talk right. about those things year round. Yeah. But it's almost like we've been acculturated to especially do that this time of year. Come on, man. It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do I do enjoy, like I was talking about um, earlier, I was in the store and heard Christmas music. And at first, I'm like, what the heck is going on? Why is there Christmas music? And then, I, and then it hit me like a half a second later, like, oh, because it's Christmas. <laughs> and like, I felt this instant, like little warm and fuzzy feeling like, oh, it's Christmas. And like, we're going to go see uh, Mariah's parents. Um, we're going to go back to Montana for Christmas. And I'm looking forward to being with her family. And, uh, you know, it's funny because e- even as one of the minimalists, my thoughts still go towards what can I get them for Christmas? Mm. And I know that our presence is enough, um, but there is something about like, but I really want her parents to know how much I love them and how much I appreciate them. So like, mm. what what can I do additionally to, uh, you know, to show them that? Um, 
which really the way I do that is every time I go visit them, I do some kind of like yard work for them because they have like greenhouses and some land and there's always like something that needs to be done. Yeah. So like I'll go out of my way to like just work, you know, do some yard work for them or whatever it is. Um, in the wintertime, not so much yard work gets done in Montana. But anyway, You're out there shoveling the yard. Yeah. So anyway, but I mean, all I'm what I was trying to get at is like Christmas, birthdays. I think because of those first seven years of my life, not celebrating those things, it's never really mattered to me that much. But I do see how much it matters to other people, and for the people who it does matter for, um, I do go out of my way to show them, like, okay, yeah, like I, I see you, I, I, I see your preferences. Um, I wanna, I wanna respect you. I wanna show you compassion. I wanna show you love. And I will go out of my ways to do that. But yeah, I certainly don't have to do it with a tie clip. Josh, I love you. Here's a tie clip. Right. Or, or any other consumer good, right? Right. Because it starts to get absurd when you think about it. Like, uh, we get so obsessed about our material possessions. Mm-hmm. If I just had the right blender in my kitchen, then I'd be complete. Oh, but I put it up there. I realized, ah, uh, you know what I need to do? My kitchen really needs a backsplash. Mm. Then I'll be complete. Mm. You get the backsplash, you get the blender, and now you need the new appliances. It's called the Diderot effect, where you feel as though you buy one thing, and now I need to consume my way toward better, better, better. It's very similar to the Object A, right? I mean, it's kind of those are kind of interchangeable, wouldn't they? I, I think be? Object A is so object a is like there's always that thing that you think is going to complete your life Mm -hmm. yes what the diderot effect does is it takes the object a and amplifies it as soon as you get the Uh, object a it's like now i look around at all my other things and they feel degraded because oh i bought this new couch but now i need a new coffee table i bought the new coffee table now i need new end tables and now oh now my dining table looks out of date when i look into the living room through the kitchen. Mm. So I guess I need to upgrade the dining table. Yeah. Oh, now that I've upgraded that, I need, you know what? These appliances, I don't even have the gas stove. I, it's electric burner stoves. So I need to upgrade this. And it's a never-ending cycle of upgrading. Hmm. Of course, we're doing that with Christmas as well. We've all seen the kids who get too many gifts for Christmas. Oh, yeah. And, it, and this happens to Ella. Every other year, she's with her biological father. Mm. And... I notice a sort of manic frenzy when I'll talk to her on Christmas when she's there and I see her almost, um, it's really sad, man. Like yeah. I'm, I'm actually getting sad thinking about it because she's trying to show us the things that she got, but it's almost, it's burning her out. Yeah. And, and I, it, and, and it turns her into this, this frenzied being. In fact, she's not being at all. She's doing, She's consuming, and I know some of those things she would actually enjoy, but she she stops enjoying almost all of them. Like, oh, look at this lip gloss I got. Now look at the seven others I got. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You aren't enjoying any of them because you're frantically moving from one consumer purchase to the next. And by the way, most of these things are junk that she never wanted in the first place. Mm. And she enjoys the act of unwrapping them, but then is overwhelmed by it. And I can tell she doesn't enjoy Christmas over there as much, although she does enjoy in her mind the idea of getting gifts. Mm. I'm going to make a confession since this is the private podcast. Mm. I don't buy Christmas gifts. Mm -hmm. Ella's the only human being I buy Christmas gifts for. That's a great example, though. So why is that? Uh, Why is it? Mm -hmm. And so I'll get her a thing, right? Yeah. Because there is a, uh, a desire from her 
and she feels as though she wants something to unwrap during the holidays. Yeah. Now, that's been created by a culture that she's in that sure. we are trying to extract her from. Right. But unfortunately, and so if if she didn't see her biological father half the time and if she and she wasn't steeped in the public school system which we're we're getting her out of and we're going to be homeschooling her i i wouldn't give her any christmas gifts hmm. i'd give her gifts all the time hmm. when she needs them when she wants them because it's march 13th and today's the appropriate today, day to give her the you know the toothbrush or whatever right the, sure. the purple toothbrush she really likes for she always asks for mm. right and so these the or, or you know the the harry potter book or the sorcerer's wand or whatever i don't have to wait for an obligatory gift giving day to give her something yeah no that's well, yeah i think it's a great example of like a i think on your part it shows compassion towards ella and it shows um it shows you seeing her preferences and not being all ball you shouldn't feel that way ella right like right. it's because it would be very easy to get wrapped up in you know what how she should and shouldn't feel rather you can kind of see her for who she is mm-hmm. and uh yeah you can totally um do something that you normally wouldn't do right uh because of her preferences her desires and she's a kid like right. you, you know you can't tell a kid you can't feel that way like yeah, yeah. Try t- I, even an adult try telling an adult to not feel a certain way yeah and, and why would you right? why, why try to convince someone their feelings are wrong you know that's that's a real jerk thing to do right yeah. e- and you can't explain to a kid well actually you know what's happening ella for the last eight years you've been acculturated by your peers and by advertising to think that you want certain things that you don't actually want it's called a mimetic desire ella like (laughs) i'm not i'm not going to do that to her but at the same time she might have unrealistic expectations because of the culture around her and i can't i can't say well i'm going to buy you a bunch of different gifts Mm. um in order to meet the cultural desires of everyone around you you should do like a podcast on constructs and and uh, uh, yeah, cultural desires because it's like I can see constructs for what they are, but there are certain constructs that you have to you have to partake in. It's like you can't try going to try try you know living in Canada mm-hmm. and then being like the, trying to deport you. The borders are just a construct. It's an right. imaginary line. Right. I'm a human of this earth. I can live anywhere I want. Right. So it's like. Where do you draw these lines with the cultural constructs and, um, yeah, and not, I guess. Well, what you're talking about is a entity that has a monopoly on violence. Sure. And so that, that entity, being the ca- Canadian government, mm-hmm. they can remove your freedom from you if yeah. you don't follow that construct. So yeah. anyone who has a monopoly on violence... Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably best to follow their constructs unless now here's the thing. Sure. There was a time. And even then it's like, well, we often want to stand up for our freedom. It made sense hundreds of years ago. There are plenty of people who said, Hey, no, what, what this country is doing is absurd. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stand against that construct that it's okay to own human beings. Cause I know that it's not okay to own human beings. Yeah. And so most people actually know that it's not okay to, own human beings it's absurd right yeah but there was a cultural construct that said it was okay mm. as long as you lived in one of these states you're allowed to own a human being well that that was a construct that yeah 
Uh, and that they had the monopoly on violence and quite literally a lot of violence then yeah, right yeah. but people stood up to that and often had to to you know fight back um through resistance through yeah. even through violence sometimes so it's interesting how like the, these are easy lines to draw when you're talking about an entity that has a monopoly on violence right it's not so easy when you have when you're steeped in a culture that you know, it's nonviolent. It's just an expectation. Yeah. It's just a, a cultural expectation. Yeah, no one's going to lock you up for not buying Christmas gifts. Right. But they may metaphorically lock you up sure. but by shunning you, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't participate in the gift-giving exchange at work. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't want to spend $20 or less, you know, because a maximum $20 for the, the gift pool. Or what. what we're doing here is we're setting a terrible example for everyone. Mm. I'm going to buy junk, I'm going to give you junk in, with the hope that I get some sort of junk that is maybe slightly better than the junk that I got for you. Yeah. And so taking it back to Ella, I don't have a problem with, part, with participating in tradition when the tradition serves us. Mm -hmm. If I hold the tradition loosely and say, okay, where is the value in this tradition? Not cling to it, but yeah. wow, there's some real beauty in the Christmas music. Yeah. That's beautiful, right? Yeah. It's joyous. Spending time with family. The meals that we have this time of year tend to be different from the rest of the year. They don't have to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's the question. Why don't we do Thanksgiving in July? It's just as delicious then. And so we can create those new traditions as well. Sure. We don't have to wait until the third Thursday in November to be thankful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can be thankful all the time. <laughs> when I was in Montana, our friends did uh, Christmas in August. Uh-huh. It was great. We just like threw a Christmas party in August and it was ridiculous and funny. But it was like, it was a parody though. It wasn't like actual, you know, we did treat it like Christmas, but it was it was because of the, 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 the ridiculousness of it. Yes. And it was really just an excuse for us to get together and associate and, yeah, have fun. Well, what makes that beautiful is you're, you're actually highlighting the ridiculousness of all tradition. And it's okay. It's all absurd. If you embrace that absurdity in a way where you're not clinging to it and taking it so seriously, it's fine. Mm, yeah. You know, it's uh, Thanksgiving. Well, this is coming out after Thanksgiving is uh, Danny's birthday this year. And um, so like, he's like celebrating too constructs at once right mm. it's like oh i went around the sun one more time mm -hmm. and i'm supposed to be thankful today mm. now i know danny and he's incredibly thankful on days that don't begin that, that don't sound like thanksgiving right yeah days that are just oh it's you know what it's april 7th yeah. i'm really thankful today yeah well why because i'm above ground i'm alive i have a reason to be thankful i, I live in you know this beautiful city i'm thankful for that you know, he has yeah, a wonderful uh, partner and a wonderful place to live and all these activities to which he can contribute. Mm -hmm. So many things to be thankful for. But a day like Thanksgiving or a day like Christmas, they can be beautiful reminders or they can be restrictive obligations. They can be restrictive. They, they, oh, you know what? Mm. I'm tethered to spending time with my family on this day. Yeah. I'm tethered to Man. gift giving to show my love. It's like, when, when do you know? So we talked about type one, type two, type three fun. Uh, 
so just to recap type one fun is fun from start to finish type two fun is like there's like half of its work and then the other half of it is fun type three fun is like it's worked through the whole time and then at the end of it there's a reward of like getting through it Mm -hmm. um but you can kind of apply this to something like a tradition there's like type one type two type three traditions Mm -hmm. and it's it's uh i don't know i'm trying to find the balance of like how do you know when it's worth it for example uh, there's this men's team I'm part of and the division. So there's these teams under the division. The division is throwing this, um, massive like holiday party slash roast. So it's like each team gets like a big piece of meat. They, uh, roast it. There's like a, you know, there's a, uh, some judges, some non-partial judges, some like old, old timer, you know, members, they come and judge the quality of it, the taste, they pick a winner. There's actually like an actual comedy roast with the different teams. Mm. It's this huge event and it's, it is total like type, probably type two fun because there's so much work that goes ahead of it. Mm. That's like, and I'm like in the middle of it right now. And you know me, like I'm not a details guy. Yeah. So I'm like learning how to kind of pay attention to these details. And this is why I actually joined this, uh, this men's team because I can get lessons like this where there's really nothing, there's, there's nothing at stake. I can totally screw this up and it'll be okay if I screw it up. But um, there's some mentors who are helping me with the details stuff. But a long story short, I'm like, Jesus, like, there's so much work that has to go into this for this one night of, of joy that we're bringing the division. And to me, it is worth it like to put all this work in. But the question is like with Christmas, when is it worth like putting all the party together, the shopping together to have that one moment of joy? I don't know. Mm. I guess I'm just having a difficulty with myself right now and drawing a line of like, where is it worth it? Where is it not worth it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I think that's, that's a great question because it's like, um, if you ask, is religion good or bad? Mm, right. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Danny just said yes. <laughs> yes. And I think that is true. You, you and I often talk about how good is perspectival or situational is probably the better way to look at yeah. it. And so the joy from these joyous times is highly situational, mm-hmm. meaning if I had to go to a Christmas party, actually, this is a great example here. Uh, Bex and I were just talking about this on her podcast. So I'm going to expand on it because we just barely touched on it. Podcast Sean brought it up when he was recording the episode. We did, um, uh, we had this conversation because, uh, well, the very first Christmas I was with Bex, mm-hmm. we traveled to Minnesota to be with her family. And I think we were only there for three days, but it felt like three weeks to me. <laughs> it has nothing to do with their family. Mm-hmm. The problem is like me being steeped with a group of people for 72 hours or 100 hours or whatever period of time it was, mm-hmm. it was too much for me. But they got great joy from it. Mm. And so even in that situation... Mm-hmm. It's figuring out what boundaries are appropriate for the individual. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be opposed to that in the future, but the boundaries would be different. It would be, yeah, I'll come to your Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'll be there for two hours and then I'm going to leave. Right. And I'll do that in a way that's kind and compassionate. I'll show up. I'll be the best version of myself. Yeah. Now, the reason I don't, ooh, I don't get so worked up, I'm actually the opposite of you, but we reach the same destination here so because of your first seven years on earth not celebrating christmas you don't have the same affinity that maybe your average american has for it me i had an overwhelmingly positive one because it was one of the few times we actually got toys Mm. because you know we were so poor you were poor as well but like yeah we and my mom she would save up for months i mean it was layaway at the time it wasn't credit cards and all this other nonsense Mm -hmm. it was she made she would go to big bear and make 
weekly payments on the or Kmart as well. And the Sears catalog was another one. Layaway. Yeah, and she would go make wow. weekly payments every time she got a paycheck. Wow. Every time she and so she would start this May or June. Mm. Because she, in order to afford the thing, mm-hmm. the only way you could do it was to make weekly payments. And she knew she couldn't trust herself enough to save that money wow. in a bank account. So she would go put something on layaway for months and months. And as she made the weekly payment, she would be able to get it by December 25th. And so I would really look forward to that because we had a bit of deprivation throughout the year. It wasn't real deprivation. It was deprivation relative to the consumer culture that we've been told we need to be a part of in order to be... Well, happy, even though happiness in that point. context is That's nonsense. Because like America poor is so much different than like Kenya poor. Yes. And yeah, when you're America poor, um, yeah, you're acculturated to feel like you don't have a good because of what's going on around you. Comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the weird thing about that, and we talked to TK about this at our Atlanta event, which I think will be out uh, next month, y'all. Um, it'll be out in January on Patreon for the true fans and the VIPs. But the thing that he said is, it's one of the first conversations I ever had with him, that people always ask what causes poverty. But poverty is the default state of Mm. humanity. Yeah. But we never ask what causes prosperity. Mm -hmm. Now, I would argue that both of those terms are nonsense to hunter-gatherers. Sure. If you look at the Maasai or the Hadza from a thousand years ago, you know, even the current Hadza are infected by culture or whatever, but um, or by society, rather. And if you look at them from a thousand years ago, they, they weren't poor and they weren't prosperous. They were sort of both. Mm. They, were, they, were just, they just were. Yeah. We would look at them and say, oh, poverty. If I if I had to live like that, yeah, and isn't the same thing true with with Christmas Mm. when Ella goes to her father's and gets eighty trinkets for Christmas, Mm -hmm. and they and is overwhelmed by it and actually saddened by by the overwhelm, Mm. then you compare that to us and we're like, yeah, we'll get you. We'll do the, the Meg Norman thing. In fact, Meg was going to be on the podcast today, but she couldn't fly out. She did uh, episode 263 with us last year. I got this article from her here called Christmas Gifts for Minimalists. And we'll just put a link to it in the show notes. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But this is what I do for Ella. She has the four gift rule. Something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read. Mm. It rhymes, so you th- know you have to use it. I thought it was going to be something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to share. I Ooh. thought that's how the rhyming was going to go yeah. anyway. But because it, it made me think about Becker's article that you just read on the minimal episode. Right. And so, and we'll do a charity thing with her as well. And so, her stocking is like sort of her primary vector for um, gifts. And then we'll do a big gift. Um, now, here's the thing Bex's family will often also buy physical gifts for her Mm. even though what we've asked we prefer experiences sure or sometimes people don't listen and i'm not going to deprive ella well you you know you now if it was something absurd i would right if they bought ella dildos (laughs) and said here we we brought we bought her some dildos and we wrapped (laughs) them up and said no 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 no. and we're never talking to you again okay (laughs) Or like the worst could be like if they bought her a puppy. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah, because then I have to make her kill the puppy and under the Christmas tree. It'd be Christmas, awful. Christmas sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, there are going to be some gifts that you're you're going to reject. Yeah, but here's the thing. We reject all of them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people still still get through with them. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a total stickler for it. Now, because quite often, like, her grandparents get clothes or whatever. And Ella is at an age where she still likes clothes. Mm-hmm. As an eight-year-old girl, she enjoys getting clothes. Okay, great, wonderful. She's going to need them anyway. She keeps growing. Mm-hmm. She looks six feet tall. She's a head taller than most of the kids in her third grade class. It's unbelievable. During Halloween this year, um, we have this video of her walking around with all the other kids. She's dressed as a sorceress, which is, as she says, a fancy witch. Um, (laughs) That's great. And um, she's walking around with all these kids, and she's a whole head taller than all of them. Anyway, um, she's... she. Where was I going with this? I was definitely going somewhere. Uh, you you're not a stickler for her bringing stuff home because sometimes the 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 family members will basically buy her physical items regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where I was going. There with were it. some. There's some. Uh, there are some gifts. There are some gifts that you just that you have to reject. Yeah, 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 that's true. And you said you reject all of them, but some of them still get through. I mean, I reject them. I preemptively reject them. Right. Okay. Yeah. But if if someone sends them, I'm not like Ella. I'm gonna strip this away from you. You can't have this. Yeah. Unless it was something just really absurd. Do you want, so when I get a physical gift, if it's something that is like a tchotchke, I will gladly accept it. And maybe it's like I don't know. A, a toothbrush sharpener i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> patent pending <laughs> that, that's a great metaphor because we're effectively giving people toothbrush sharpeners right but let's say i'm like oh you know what maybe i will sharpen my toothbrush <laughs> and like i'll and, and i'll start i'll start the 90 90 rule with it or uh-huh. you know so like i'll have a boundary with it so as if it if it uh, falls outside those boundaries I've made, mm-hmm. go to theminimalists.com forward slash rules for more boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could buy our book. A lot of people use things. The boundaries are in there. But as soon as it falls outside of that, then I give myself permission to let it go. Mm-hmm. And because it's mine, I can do whatever I want with it. Now, I have had gifts from family members that are like these heirlooms or they look at them as heirlooms. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got this one thing and I've had it for years and maybe you would want it. Um I will give them the option of like, hey, I could see that you don't want this anymore. And that's ah. really why you're pawning this off on me. Um, you're probably not going to say it that way. Right. But. Yeah. But I'll be like, oh, okay, great. Um, I'm not going to use that. Uh, or, or I'll see if I have a spot for that. If it turns out I can't use it, um, are you okay if I find this a, a really good home? Or would you rather find it a better home? Right. Right. And you're sometimes, giving... sometimes they're like, oh, I'll keep it. And then other times they're like, yeah, you find it a good home. Yeah. That's a weird move too, right? Hey, can you get rid of this for me? Yeah, it's just going. It's just it's me doing the work for them to go to the donation store, whatever donation store it is, because that's right. really what it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> like when people are up on Hollywood Boulevard handing out their mixed CDs. It's kind of like, hey, can you throw this out for me, bro? Don't ever get one of those mixed CDs. A, it's awful music. B, they're never free. <laughs> yeah, that's, they that's are true. never. It is that's the worst. We're, we're, it, um, I made the mistake. I was in New York, and the guy hustled me. Hey, man. We're uh, just giving out free CDs, just trying to make it. Cool, man. Puts it in my hand, right? Like, that's the move. Literally, like, it puts it in your... And you have, Forces it on, onto right. you. There's, there's a um, oh, there's a term for it. It's a psychological term. Basically, if I was like, here, hold this for a second. Yeah. Like, like, you don't even think about it. 90% of the time, you just, like, grab it. 
Yeah. So they're like using this trick and you're like, oh, okay. And yeah, in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't know why I'm taking this. I'll take it because this guy's giving it to me. Right. But as soon as you put it between your thumb and index finger, Uh they're like, hey, man, usually I ask for like $15 for these, man. But, you know, you could just give me five or like they instantly go into their sales pitch. Right. And then, and then, and then I made the mistake of just not catching on what was going on. So I was like, no, man, I'm not going to give you anything for this, but thanks for the CD. And he (laughs) snatched it back out of my hand. Like, no, man. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Like lesson learned. Yeah. Um, Clearly you were lying. By the way, who was that at the door? Because I want to have a conversation about this. To come in and look at the window crank. Hilarious. We have a sign on the door that says, do not disturb, recording in process, right? And this is actually the perfect metaphor because Mm. we set up the boundary. We set up the boundary, and sometimes people just step on that boundary. But sometimes they're ignorant. I bet they didn't even read the sign. I mean, I think George can read. Yeah, but I bet you he just, he's a busy property manager and probably just didn't even read it he probably because we also have another sign out there that says the minimalists Mm -hmm. when that sign isn't up Mm -hmm. i'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt i think it's the compassionate viewpoint if he probably just thought it was the minimalist sign that he sees all the time not realizing we're recording yeah i think i've spent all my compassion on him at this point (laughs) we've been in the space for six months i've been trying to get the windows fixed and today's the day he just i mean literally i talk to him about it twice a week yeah well it's in our uh, yeah i mean i think with this uh, specific viewpoint yes with george i mean yeah there might have uh been multiple times but i'm saying like with people in general when they co- cross the boundaries mm-hmm. i mean there there is a compassion yeah there's a limit to the compassion for sure mm-hmm. but if they're crossing the boundary one step at a time like we get that you know maximal question about like how do i come across as not being a snob mm-hmm. it's like if you're showing compassion in your life if you're showing compassion to the people in your life, like it's very hard to come across as a snob. Now, if someone crosses a boundary and all of a sudden you're offended and you're passively, aggressively showing them that you're offended, yeah. of course you're going to come across as a snob. Right. I can't right. believe you did that. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that question here in a little bit. Yeah. Um, back to, to Meg's article real quick. Uh, she has a book called Have Yourself a Minimalist Christmas. In fact, that might be a, a nice episode title for this one. We did a whole episode just called Minimalist Christmas with her last year. But uh, the something you want, something you need, something you wear, something to read, and something to share. Yeah. Maybe it's the five gift rule. Yeah. Because here, here's, here's what we do for Ella. We recognize that the holiday, she's steeped in the holiday. And we try to give her as many experiences throughout that holiday season that are holiday themed. However, we give her experiences all throughout the year. Mm. And I would tell you that our ex- the frequency of experience doesn't change through the holidays. The theme of the experience changes. Yeah. So we go see Christmas lights on a Saturday instead of taking her to a trampoline pe- place or instead of taking her to do the uh, the, the mock skydiving that she's been doing where mm. she flies in like the, the suit. That is so cool. Yeah, she really enjoys that. And so those are things you can do during the holidays. But what is holiday themed? You know, even like during... Uh, Halloween, where we got pumpkins and decorative gourds with, with her, and she was painting them with her friend Lucas. And, and so these things occur during a particular period of time. We can hold them loosely. We can enjoy them as art, as a way for the community to, to get together, our friends to get together, and enjoy it mm-hmm. without needing it. And so as soon as we need those things to enjoy the holidays, we cease to enjoy the holiday. Mm. Amen, man. I love family pumpkin pumpkin carving events. I uh, 
my mom's side of the family has a bunch of little kids, like cousins and nephews and second cousins and nieces, whatever. Right. Um, it is like a lot of fun to see like the kids having fun with like pumpkin carving. But yeah, it's ephemeral, man. They're they're rotten, like not in the not too distant future. That's right. Sure. And now, dude, speaking of holiday lights, they're doing Halloween lights. Ooh, I didn't LA. see these. There's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I have to check that out next year. I didn't didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, you missed out. Oh no, the fear of missing out. Bomo. All right. Well, maybe I'm joyful that I missed out. <laughs> Jomo. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's we, move on. We wrote about that in, <laughs> in love. People use things. Yeah. Let's let's move on to uh, more about less. Sort of read something as a jump off point for discussion. This is an opinion piece called Holiday Gifts. Try buying nothing new this season. The New York Times. How to buy nothing new this holiday gifting season. This is written by Annalise Griffin. Every year, my husband and I set a holiday challenge for each other. Find a gift at the local thrift store. Something delightful that is a reflection of our individual aesthetics or obsessions. The tradition has brought some of my favorite objects into our home. An original poster from 2001 A Space Odyssey now hangs in our bedroom. Mm. A shiny foil sticker on the back says that its foam core mount was done at a frame shop on Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley, California many years ago. It's not just a cool poster. It's also for a movie we saw together in ultra-large format at the Brooklyn Academy of Music back before we had kids. My husband lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. We met in New York, and now we all live in Vermont, where the poster ended up too. It feels like a part of our story. Treasures like this are all around us, in thrift stores, yard sales, vintage boutiques, online resale sites, and buy-nothing groups. If you're getting... By the way, we'll put a link to the buy-nothing groups in the uh, um, show notes. Dude, Mariah uses that. she got a sewing machine. Really? Yeah, she's like she's doing uh like fabric design. Um, sitting and sewing. Sitting and sewing. That's right. It's told I told her that's the only way I'd stay with her. <laughs> <laughs> sit and sew. I think she might throw the uh sewing machine at you if yeah, you were serious. Probably. Um but no man in the buy nothing group well like we, we live in like a um it's in an apartment building, but it's in a nice area of Los Angeles and um dude the buy nothing group there is like you get anything you want anything i'm I'm trying to think what else she got um we needed like a trash can or something but it was like within a less than 24 hours she had a sewing machine and whatever else she was looking for totally what's beautiful about that is there are so many things that we there are so many things that we use Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. that we just discard later on yeah the average american throws away 81 pounds of clothes every year Mm. think about that with all the christmas lights and christmas gifts and consumables and excess stuff we consume these things and then we simply discard them when we stop finding value in them but if we join a buy nothing group then we can reallocate those things to a place where people will get value from them Mm -hmm. in the future dude and like the yeah it's a nice sewing machine. Like, I cannot believe. And it, that was just sitting in someone's home. And they did exactly what you're talking about. They had this, like, nice sewing machine. They're like, oh, I don't use this anymore. Right. Maybe someone else can use it. And Mariah uses it a lot. 
And and there may be a time where she stops using it, mm-hmm. and she can basically store it now in her buy nothing group, right? In a way, and if she needed to get another one in the future, now the, that can only be done when you hold on to it loosely. Mm-hmm. It's not my possession, my sewing machine. I mean, it is hers, mm-hmm. but there's no clinging there. There's a usefulness there, yeah, and that usefulness actually increases her innate joy Mm. the joy is in here but the things amplify our experience of life so she can be joyous without the sewing machine in fact she can only be joyous without the sewing machine but the things around her might amplify the joy that's existing in her already Treasures, treasures like this are all around us in thrift stores, yard sales, vintage boutiques, online real sell, resale sites, and buy nothing groups. If you're getting a gift for me this, from me this year, it's probably going to be secondhand, like the terranium I scored for my son on Facebook Marketplace and the wooden dollhouse I snagged for my daughter from a friend. I've been fixing it up after she goes to bed by sanding and painting it and adding wallpaper from scraps left over from a bathroom project. Oh, that is so cool. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, that's awesome. By the time Christmas rolls around, I'll just have to stock up on chocolate. And this year, poppet toys. I don't know what poppet toys are for stockings. And Santa has landed. Well, we don't do the whole Santa thing because we don't lie to Ella. But, uh, I'm not telling you not to do Santa, by the way. <laughs> you could you could talk about Santa without lying to him, too. Uh, yeah, and so I shouldn't, say, I shouldn't say we don't do Santa. We don't pretend that someone breaks into our house and puts presents under the Christmas tree. Well, to me, it seems like really lazy parenting to like rely on Santa to make your kids being good or bad. Like I saw this. Um, oh, yeah. I saw a meme of uh, it was like a Facebook comic and this. It was on a uh, Facebook marketplace and this girl was asking for ipad and uh uh playstation 5 boxes mm-hmm. because she wanted to fill them with coal to like wrap them up and let her kids unwrap them and show them that hey when you're bad santa gives you coal wow i mean wow in fact, I'd, I'd say that what she was doing wasn't lazy because it seemed like a lot of work <laughs> to like be a jerk to your kids yeah um, but when I thought about it that way, I'm like, what a lazy parent. Yeah. Like you have to make up a mythical creature to discipline your children because you're afraid of disciplining yourself right. because you don't want them to dislike you. Right. Or worse, like y- your kids are, you're doing the whole do what I say, not what I do thing, which never works. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, so in, in fact, it works the opposite. Right. Because you can say something to your blue in the face and now they're going to they're going to feel a type of resentment towards you yeah. because you keep doing this even though you're saying you're doing this mm-hmm. and your children are going to do, they're going to mirror what they see you doing in the first place. And, and once the Santa uh, mystery gets discovered, yes, they're, they're going to act twice as bad as if they didn't know about Santa in the way that you presented it to them. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty here about it but it it yeah it just and by the way i'm not a parent so it's real easy for me to make judgments on parenting (laughs) well we we will take her to see santa and stuff for the longest time she she would argue with me yeah i I didn't argue back but just be like as you say yeah when she said like well no santa's real i saw him at the mall when my you know when her biological father took took Mm -hmm. her there um and i'd be like okay like and i and 
She was like, well, isn't that Santa? I'm like, what's well, a man dressed up like Santa? Yes. Oh, dude, I said, I hey, Ella, it's really fun to pretend. It's okay. Yeah. You know, do you think Harry Potter's real? No. Mm-hmm. Do you think Peppa Pig's real? No. Okay. But yeah. we really enjoy those, right? We can also enjoy Santa because the opposite is what happened to you where, where all of a sudden now you try to go around your kindergarten class and convince other kids that Santa's fake. God, I was such a jerk. But you didn't know, man. I and, didn't, yeah. In fact... It's not you that was a jerk. You were simply mirroring your father. Yeah, that's true. And with us, what we ex- explicitly say is, hey, some kids do believe this. We don't want to ruin the magic for them, mm-hmm. right? And so sure. it's important for us to, you know, we can, we can still understand that Santa's make-believe, mm-hmm. but if someone believes that he is real, it's not our responsibility to correct them Dude, or to change their mind. I love that story about, like, Ella trying to talk you into Santa being real. Yeah. Because we do this as adults. As a kid, it's real easy to, to fantasize. Our imaginations are running wild. Mm-hmm. It's ripe for a story like Santa. Right. But as adults, we have our own fantasies. We have yeah. our own stories. That's right. That feel right to us. <laughs> and we go out of our way to convince other people while our why our narrative is the right narrative. Oh. Instead of looking at what is... We look at what we want to be, and we will we will ruin relationships over what we want to be versus the way things are. Trying to control people. Yeah. I've told you about this podcast I'm listening to called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, mm. which is a church that was in Seattle. And it's a wonderful NPR-style podcast. It's I think there are maybe 10 or 11 episodes out there now. And it's about this really well-known pastor named Mark Driscoll, who sort of got caught up in this whole scandal. And I mean, he had the largest or the most growing church in the country at one point. Mm. And there were campuses all over the place, a bunch in Washington State and Oregon and even California, maybe like New Mexico, a few other places, right? And um, what was so fascinating uh, about that is he, he had this level of talent, charisma, et cetera. But the thing that took the whole thing down for them was the level of control that he wanted to have over everyone, having power, dominion over people, wanting to control their lives, and up to and including who you can be friends with outside of the church. Bro, we are going to talk about this on Thursday when Amanda comes in. Yeah, yeah. So next week, um, y'all, we're going to have a podcast episode with Amanda Montel. If you're just listening to the, the live stream, folks already know this. In fact, at the very end of this episode, we have like, I don't know what is 40 minutes or something where we're going to end with a uh, the opening live stream we did. So we're doing a live stream on average once a week right now for any of our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and up. And um, you, you're getting those, those notifications. So anyone listening to this, you'll get a little snippet from that first 45-minute live stream. Before we completely went live, we, Ryan and I had all kinds of crazy banter and stuff. <laughs> you'll get that at the end. Apologize if the audio quality isn't as pristine. It'll still be really good. The video quality will still be really good as well. It may not be the, the top-tier 4K quality, but it'll still be really solid from that live stream. I'll remind you of that at the end. But let me get back to this article before we get into our surprise questions, Ryan. Mrs. Griffin says, global supply chain problems might cause shortages of the season's it toys or tech gadgets, but they do not have to ruin the holidays. Instead of rushing to the stores to fill your online shopping cart early, perhaps this is the time to question the annual market marketing drive 
telling us that we must start spending now and keep spending through December to manifest a Christmas morning of abundance and cheer. (laughs) Isn't that wild that we associate cheer with abundance, but we already have abundance so we can have cheer right now. I don't have to have a hundred Christmas presents under the Christmas tree to have abundance. That's over abundance. That's over indulgence. That's excess. That's too much. That's more than enough. In fact, when we have more than enough, it actually strips us of the joy, the contentment of the holiday season. We've turned the holiday season into the holiday shopping season. Contentment distractions. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll put a link to this article in the show notes. She goes on to say, this is not about being a Grinch, canceling Christmas, or trying to pass a minimalist purity test. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. There will be a purity test at the end of this episode, by the way. (laughs) It's about breaking out of a consumer mindset that demands we constantly buy things, things that we must care for and eventually dispose of. Think about that. Every new Christmas present you bring into your house's holiday season has a cost beyond the price tag. There is the cost of worrying about the thing, the debt of the thing, the storing of the thing, all of the additional costs of our things, of our gifts, they turn out to be a curse in a way. Mm. My gift to you will be a gif, (laughs) G-I-F. Ooh, from Tumblr. (laughs) That's right. Every new purchase puts into motion a global chain of events, usually beginning with extracting oil to make the plastic that is in everything from stretchy jeans to the packaging they come in. Those materials travel from processing plant to factory to shipping container to eventually land on my front porch and then become mine for a time. Sooner or later, they will most likely end up in a landfill. There's so little pleasure and those kinds of purchases. And I'm not alone in this assessment. In her book, Consumed, Aja Barber, a sustainability and fashion expert, writes about the perpetual disappointment of Black Friday shopping that ends in buying merchandise you hadn't seen before and didn't especially want, but somehow felt compelled to buy because of the low, low, low costs. Isn't that one of the things we tell ourselves, Ryan? I don't really want this or need this, but I'd be stupid not to buy it because it's so cheap. Mm. I'll find a use for this. I'll find someone who wants this. Hmm. No, you don't have to buy it. You can buy it. There's no should here. Mm. But there is a could. You could buy it or you could leave it on the shelf. The article is phenomenal. I encourage you to check it out. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Ryan, on the minimal episode, I just wanted to touch on this real quick. There's a link to this in the show notes. We'll put it to the show notes in the Maximal as well. Top six charities that help children at Christmas time. Mm. Toys for Tots, Operation Christmas Child, Make-A-Wish Foundation, Prison Fellowship Angel Tree. This is a charity that uh, offers an angel tree program that helps children who have at least one parent in prison. Uh, I was thinking it helped kids in prison. <laughs> Well, we put them in prison for Christmas time <laughs> to show them the consumerism's the real prison. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Salvation Army, Angel Tree, Operation Christmas Spirit. So if you're looking for some charitable gift-giving ideas uh, and you want to help out kids during Christmas time at this very uncertain time for them, 
Now, this would be there are six great opportunities for you to get your kids involved in helping other kids as well. And I have one more article here, Ryan. I just want to read the headline. We'll put a link to this in the show notes as well, because what a headline this is. Americans are looking forward to holiday travel this winter, but overspending and uncertainty could spoil the fun. Mm. Well, let's just look at that last clause there, Ryan. Hmm. Doesn't overspending and uncertainty always spoil the fun when it comes to our things that we purchase, consume, experience, etc.? Yeah. If if you have to go into debt to do something, it's not nearly as fun, especially afterwards. You're like, why did I do that? Yeah. Oh, the what do we call it? Buyer's remorse. Yeah. The buyer's remorse of our debt and uh, the uncertainty that that uh, brings up. Now, this article goes on to say that up to well, at least 40%, but up to 53% of people will travel this season. I'm traveling. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm going to try to travel to Palm Springs. Does that count as travel? 100% of people are traveling with those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> if yes, it counts. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to try to take Ella to Palm Springs for Christmas and have a Christmas in Palm Springs Cool. this year. And uh, it's something we've never done before, but stay in a hotel for, for Christmas. It's so hot. Yeah, not in the, well, but in not the, in the summer, winter. It's in the perfect. It's crazy. Yeah, sun, swimming pools for Ella. She's gonna love it. swimming on Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great, man. What a gift. Yeah. Anyway, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. A ton of stats in there about travel. But the thing is, people are going to be traveling a lot more this year because they felt deprived last year. They felt like they couldn't travel as much. There was so much mm. uncertainty there. But we have to be careful not to overspend, especially on the material possessions, because it could ruin the great experiences that we have right in front of us. Yeah. All right, Malabama, we have some surprise questions here. Let's start with Carrie's question. How do we say no to family members who think we're being snobby and standoffish simply because we don't want to participate in gift-giving games, especially when it involves mostly useless trinkets? So being snobby and standoffish is one thing. So I, the first question I have to ask myself, and I am especially prone to this, it, not the snobby part, but the standoffish part, because I've set boundaries for myself and I, I know what I like, I know what I dislike, and if I tolerate what I dislike enough, people keep giving me what I dislike. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you tolerate, you will get more of, but I have to be careful to not be standoffish. Why did you get for this for me? What are you doing? You know I told you no Christmas gifts this year, whatever it is, right? Mm. Because doing that actually escalates the problem, doesn't it? Yeah. Man, uh, you know, like this sounds like a white elephant type game. That's where like you, you like you're you're constantly swapping gifts, right? Is that gift white, exchange? Yes. Is that the white elephant thing? So a white elephant thing is where on the office they call it Yankee Swap. Okay. <laughs> all right. What is white elephant? It's a group. A, a group of my understanding is it's a group of people where they they all buy a gift that's under X dollars. Maybe yes. it's under fifty dollars or under twenty five dollars or whatever. And then I give you a gift, and you give Sean a gift. That's and, white elephant. And then Sean gives Danny a gift, and Danny uh, gives Malabama a gift. Okay. And Malabama. We all give Jordan no more watches that's right no I, I okay so i forget what the game is called and maybe our live stream can remind me of the game but it's where everyone brings a gift that's like yeah x amount of dollars or less you wrap it up you start you like roll the die whoever i don't know how you decide what the die roll but i remember dice being involved 
and let's say you get to go first, you get to pick a gift and open it up. Mm-hmm. The next person goes, they can either steal your gift or they can pick another gift, unwrapped, unwrap it. Wow. And so it just continues to go on. I don't know how many rounds there are. Again, I forget what it's called. Dirty Santa. About? That's what it is. It is called Dirty Santa. Oh, uh, Vex and I play Dirty Santa. It's a completely different <laughs> game. <laughs> well, you could make it in any game you want. But anyway, here's what I would say about that. Because this is literally, they're talking about a game. Gift-giving mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. So in a gift-giving game, honestly, I would participate in that. And to me, it wouldn't matter what I get as much as what I give. So what are you bringing to the gift-giving game? A, you might be able to set an example for like the next time they do that. Like, hey, maybe it's a box of chocolate. Maybe a consumable. Maybe it's an experience, whatever it is. But maybe you end up with a one a hump t-shirt. <laughs> so what? Like, yeah. Go give it to the either, the... either give it back to the... Hey, this was a fun game. It was great. We laughed. We drunk eggnog. Whatever. Uh, hey, I'm not going to really actually wear this shirt. Do you want this back? Right. Or like, I'll... I'll be happy to drop this off at the donation center for you. Right. And you can do that without being a snob. You can. Now, you can also take it a step farther. As you said, if you participate in a way that you want to participate, maybe you're gifting experiences or consumables, maybe that's setting a tone for next year, or maybe Mm -hmm. this year, maybe it's not too late that you and your friends who are participating in this game, you can all agree, hey, we're going to do this. Set boundaries. We're only going to gift consumables. That would be awesome. We're only going to gift consumables or experiences. Can we play this with uh, the the minimalist team? (laughs) We can, (laughs) but there there would be experiences like concert tickets, sporting events, movie passes, theater tickets, golf passes, community theater, restaurant gift cards, indoor rock climbing, bowling passes, summer camp, a hot air balloon ride. Shout out to Joshua Becker for that list of 52 clutter-free gifts. Dude, we should play this game, record it, and give it to our patrons. (sighs) Yes. Mallory and I have decided. (laughs) I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we can just do it with just consumables or uh, Or or memberships. Now, the prizes have to be a million dollars or less. Nothing over a million dollars, okay, guys? <laughs> so, you, there are other things you can, you can go, go with as well. Classes. Um, so, you can also you can donate your time. Yeah. It could even be to a charity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or massages. I'm getting massages for everyone. I'm going to give 10 free hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Consensual hugs. <laughs> uh, always the caveats with you. <laughs> But um, I think the point is here, we can set these boundaries beforehand. We can, now is the time to get their buy-in before you buy all the gifts. Now, Mm -hmm. maybe not everyone's going to buy into that, but guess what? If you have a group of 10 people, or how many do we have here? There's there's six of us Mm -hmm. in the room right now. Let's say five of us bought in and then, you know, Jordan is like, no, I want to make sure that I give you, you know, Pajama overall, a onesie. Okay, fine. Pajama overall onesie, patent pending. All right, continue. (laughs) It's fine that he does that, right? But he will then feel like the outcast at this one. Not that we want him to feel like an outcast, but if everyone else or the majority of people have bought into, yes, Mm -hmm. I enjoy the experiences or I enjoy memberships, consumables, something like that, Mm -hmm. great. And then there are a few people who want to give material items. Okay, we're not going to shun you. But understand that we set up a boundary beforehand. Yeah. I'll dig it. All right. We got another question here. I lost my questions, Malabama. Oh, here's one from Wendy. I've thought about starting 529 accounts for my nephews, ages 4 and 10. But that is not something they would understand, appreciate, or be able to open when everyone else has bought them lavish gifts. 
How do I provide something meaningful that they'll enjoy? I think this question also expands beyond the children. And how do I provide gift, meaningful gifts to the people in my life that I care about? that they will enjoy. Mm. Enjoy being the key word here. Well, you have to understand what the people in your life will enjoy because a blanket gift, if I'm just going to gift consumables, but I buy everyone a fruit basket, but then I find out the podcast Sean hates fruit. Or allergic to fruit. Right. What a terrible gift. Right. Although one year there was a gal I was dating. You remember Colleen? Yeah. She, uh, I, um, <laughs> she's allergic to pineapples, coffee, and mushrooms, and I bought her a gift basket with just pineapple, coffee, and mushrooms in it. <laughs> <laughs> to illustrate the absurdity of gift giving That's during great. a holiday season. That's great. Now, she's someone who could really appreciate that. She thought it was freaking hilarious. Yeah. Right. But understanding the desires, the preferences, the wants, and also the allergies, apparently, mm. of the people in your life will help you identify what consumables, what experiences, and even if necessary, what material possessions they would get value from. Wendy, what a thoughtful thing to gift uh, your, your little family members the. 529 accounts. That's that's amazing. Um but uh, yeah, that doesn't it's it's kind of like the uh you see joy in that and they will see joy in it in the future but for a 4-year-old you're right. Like you've got to think beyond that. Mm. Um yeah, I, I mean I don't know the answer specifically here's what you get them, but look at their preferences, look at their wants. Yes, they need, you know, college tuition one day. Is that what a 529 account is? I thought she meant 529 accounts. <laughs> <laughs> with $1 each in them. Yeah, yeah so um, what you're talking about is planning for their future, but children have no understanding of the right. future. Also, right. you don't know if they're going to go to college. It would be like buying them a car. <laughs> That's a great point. You're man. not going to buy a four-year-old a car and ex- and then give it to him. Like, you're really going to appreciate this in 12 years. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not that... And you can do this. Yeah. With, but here's, the, I think, the other problem we have here is we want them to feel a particular that's, way that's about what the gift. And she's right. 529 account is not going to give a kid that feeling uh, right. at four years old. But here's the thing. If you feel that you're going to get something from giving them a 529 account, you can do that. Yeah, and that's great. And then you can also do something else that they will enjoy. But right now, it's going to be really... In fact, what you're setting yourself up to do with this 529, if you got them... 529 accounts, mm. you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Why? Because they're going to see it. They're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And that disappointment is going to rub off on you. Yeah. However, is there an experience? Have they ever gone rock climbing? Okay, great. If they haven't, wonderful. Or maybe they like rock candy. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they, they, you, know, you, you want to take them swimming in the winter, indoor swimming somewhere. Like there, there are so many different things that you can do. A zoo mm-hmm. membership, holiday lights. Um, maybe what you can do is you, you can get their parents something that will allow, you know, a babysitter or something allow your parents to go out, but the babysitter can take them to one of the experiences they really want to go to. Mm. And now it's a win-win for both the parents and the kids. And ultimately, you'll feel great, much better about the gift than if you were to get them something where they open it and they want to experience some gratitude, but they're like, I don't even, even Ryan doesn't know what a 529 account is. These four-year-olds are going to be like, <laughs> what? Yeah. A, a five, what? Five, two, nine. Like, it, it doesn't make sense what as a you, gift for them. How old was Ella when he gave her the pineapple that she's not allergic to? Oh, yeah, yeah. She was three. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just the wrap joy. Up a, yeah, wrap up a pineapple and give it to him. She was three years old. It was her third birthday. 
and I put a pineapple in, in, in wrapping. You could it was wrapped. It looked like a pineapple. And she opens it up, and like we have video of her stuff. It's a pineapple, <laughs> and like she wanted to eat it right then, and uh, other things that we you know, we would do balloons or. It's almost always the things that, man. The, here, are the here's a better way to look at it. The things I tend to regret getting her over the years, or whenever I fell into some consumerist trap because mm. she fell into to the consumerist trap. We'll be at a toy, toy store in October, and she'll want some robot that glows and walks or something. And so I go back there. I bought one. It was a couple of years ago. Dumbest thing I ever did. She played with it for a couple of days. What is it again? A robot. Just like a little robot that walks around on its own, makes little funny noises. Oh, I want a robot. <laughs> See, I'll re-gift it to Ryan this year. It'll be part of our white no. elephant or dirty Santa. Right. No, I get it, man. It's a uh, it's a novelty thing that is fun to have access to. That's right. Yeah, but owning it is a different story, yeah. Yeah, and it's that's a great point. Giving your kids the gift of access, which usually means experiencing something, mm. is so much better than getting them a thing they'll get some immediate pleasure from, but will become a piece of clutter in the not-too-distant future. Dude, I mean, you could expand that to, like, you know, it's much more fun to bring a kid to Disneyland than to give them Disneyland. <laughs> yes, because yeah. then you have to take care of Disneyland. Sure, yeah. The same thing with a yacht. If you gave someone a yacht, you gave, if I gave you a yacht for Christmas... Mm-hmm. That would be the worst gift I could give <laughs> Why you, would right? you put this burden on me? Right. And I have to hire a staff and right. a cleaning crew. I would enjoy it for about a week and then I would sell it. <laughs> right. But if I got you like uh, access to a yacht be, for a day. That'd be cool. That'd be a really fun experience for you. Is that what you're getting me this year? <laughs> <laughs> you have to stay tuned, patrons. Nora has a question for us. I'd really like my mother-in-law to stop gifting me socks. I've tried explaining to her I don't want any gifts, but she won't do it any differently. I just donate them because it feels like there's no real intention behind the gift. How do I get her to stop gifting for the sake of gifting? Dude, I get socks from my mother-in-law every year, and I use them. She mm. gives me really good warm... I snowboard, so she gives me like really warm socks. I, I like them. So... Uh, my suggestion is to appreciate the freaking socks, man. No, I'm kidding. Um, I will tell you though, it reminds me of the first Christmas I had with my in-laws and God, they're just like the most beautiful in-laws ever that I could possibly have. And, uh, my mother-in-law gifted me like a shirt, gifted me, um, some consumables, but it was like the, it was the socks and the shirt is what I remember the socks. I was like, oh wow, like I'm totally going to wear these. And then the shirt, I was like, I told Mariah I didn't like have the heart to like go to my mother-in-law after two months of meeting her because Mariah and I met in November and like I was spending Christmas with with uh, I just happened to be down there and she wanted to get me stuff. So anyway, I'm like Mariah, hey, I don't know what to tell your mom. Like I'm not gonna wear the shirt. Right. I can donate this or maybe you can talk to your mom to see if she wants it back. And so Mariah did went back and said, hey, um, you know, Ryan just wanted me to ask you if you wanted the shirt back because he's probably just going to end up donating it. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I actually do know someone that'll use that shirt. And I, I, I know who she regifted it to. And that, that dude wears the shirt all the time. I see him wearing it a lot. Really? Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's long- so much better than if you just held on to it. Right. Exactly. But, but I did give her the option of, Hey, look, like I'm going to, you know, now let's say she gives her mother and all the option. Like, Hey, just so you know, I've got so many socks. I'm really not going to wear these. Um, you want me to find these a good home mm. or do you want these back to give them to someone that might, and then let the mother-in-law decide. But that's the best way to like really kind of, I, I think to address that. The thing is, 
it's still there are going to be some people in your life who give you stuff anyway. But that's, you know what? Who cares? Like, if they give you something, it's yours. Do with it what you want. You have the option. If this is my mug, Mm -hmm. I could use it to drink coffee or I could go donate it. Or I could find someone on the street and be like, hey, do you drink coffee? I got a mug for you. It doesn't matter. Or you could break it. It's it's, yours now. Yes, once it's your... That's right, exactly. You could go, like, if someone buy you a bunch of mugs and you want to go hit them with baseball bats, it's yours (laughs) to do that with. Just don't videotape it and send it to the person who... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes it, now, now here's the thing it, don't be it, a jerk about it you yeah you don't want to be a jerk about any of this and that's why instead of saying no 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 to christmas gifts mm-hmm. i say yes to the more appropriate christmas gifts mm-hmm. and here's what i mean by that by setting the boundary it's not just bah humbug no don't get me anything because here's the honest truth there's nothing you can get me that i want there's literally nothing you can get me that will add value to my life. Yeah. I already have everything I want. I have everything I need. I have everything that will add value to my life. However, that, that, that's with material possessions. However, there are certain experiences that will radically improve my life mm. that I will truly enjoy. And so instead of saying no to the socks, say yes to experiences. What do you want to do? What would enhance your relationship with your mother-in-law? What type of experience would make yours and her life better? That's what I'm going to say yes to and say yes to it in advance. And that way you don't even have to worry about the socks. Hey, mother-in-law, you know what I could really use this year? I would love to go to a movie with you. You know, this movie comes out Christmas Day. Would you be willing to, to get that for me as a Christmas gift? At that point, you're not even saying no to her because you're already saying yes to the thing you know will add value to your life. And why is she buying the gift? It's not because gift giving is a love language. That's nonsense. Adding value is a love language. And your mother-in-law loves you. She wants to add value to your life. You have to show her how to add that value for you. Turn those socks into sock puppets and create an experience. I think that's what you're trying to say, Josh. Uh, patrons, let's see if we have any uh, quick questions from the live stream. Do you have a favorite question or two that you've collected, Malabama? Uh, this is one I think will be good. This is from Amanda. How do I give gifts to people who have reacted very negatively to experience-based gifts in the past? They've made it very clear that they weren't happy without getting a thing. <clears throat> yeah, well, the, it, so let's say for a second that you're not happy if I don't give you a million dollars. Then you're just going to be not happy. Yeah. And that's not up to me because here's the truth. You can't make them happy. Only they can make them happy. Yeah, you can't make them unhappy either in the same token. That's true. And so I can't give you a gift that makes you happy. They get to decide whether or not they are happy. And if that's a reaction to a gift, whether it's an experience gift, a physical gift, or something else, they get to decide. They also, as Ryan just said, they get to decide whether or not they're going to be upset or unhappy. You cannot make them unhappy. You cannot make them upset. However, let me just say this. There are ways to take experiences and consumables, which people often look at consumables as a material good, and it is a material good but it has some sort of expiration date on it send them some bandit coffee yeah you can go to (laughs) banditcoffee.co and send them some coffee from there or from your local indie coffee shop not from the some corporate 
um, Seattle-based place. You you can just go to a local indie shop. You can get coffee, wine. What other consumables can you get? Flowers, chocolates, gift cards, local foods, desserts, meats and cheeses. Dude, let's say though that like I got you an experience. I was like, here's some tickets to a art exhibit that I think you'll like, and you're like. I can't believe you didn't get me a tie clip. You know what I'd get you next Christmas? I'd get you a freaking tie clip, dude. Mm. That's really what brought you joy. That's really what brought meanings to your life was a tie clip. Here you go. Here's your tie clip. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would do that still. And and here's why. Um, and I, I wouldn't be upset for you uh, you for doing it. Of course. Just it, because I don't, I don't want to participate in the consumerism of the holidays personally, right? Sure. And so it goes against my own values there. And and so what I would say is that is there a way that I can create an experience or a consumable and gift it in a way that mimics the giving yeah. of a material possession? Very similar to what I did with Ella and the pineapple. Mm-hmm. That was obviously a consumable. Sure. But it looked like any other birthday gift or Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. And she got to open it. She had the whole experience of that. And then she got to enjoy it after that as well. Yeah. So the question is, how can you show this person... Or not show them, but, uh, you know, what gift can you give them that doesn't cross your values? Yeah, like, Josh and I have different values. That's okay. Um, the question is, what are your values, Amanda? Yeah. And what can you give them that that fall within those boundaries? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you certainly don't want to go outside your boundaries. But, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, for, for, yeah. Josh is saying, hey, no, I'm not going to give in and, and get you a tie clip. I'm saying I would absolutely give you a tie clip if that's what you wanted. Um, that's, but, Amanda, it's up to you. It's not up to Josh or I. That's right. And, and and so um what I'll tell you is that if you feel compelled to get them something why do you feel compelled to get them something? Mm. If you feel compelled to get them something just to placate them, to make them happy, well then you yourself are never going to be happy if you feel like you're merely pacifying them and you're doing something that hmm. you don't want to do. That's interesting. I disagree with that, man, because like when I give my mom like the flowers and the chocolate, it is a placation. Like I don't see any value in that whatsoever. Well, you, you missed the last line that I said there. Oh, if, sorry. If you're doing something you don't want to do. Oh, right. Fair. Yeah. If you are doing something you don't want to do, mm. if it goes against your values, if it goes against the person you want to be, mm. then of course you're never going to feel contented with that. Right. Giving your mother flowers or chocolate does not go against your values at right, all, right? Yeah, right? But if you were giving her clothes, she was going to throw away immediately. <laughs> She's going to light them on fire and send me a video of it. <laughs> you, you would feel discontented by that. Sure. And, and so we have to be careful here because we can spend all of our time trying to make other people happy, not realizing that it's actually impossible for us to do that. We can bring them pleasure, but that pleasure does not translate into contentment. Yeah. Let's do one more. Um, This one is a combination of two different questions from Angela. Uh, The global supply chain has affected a lot of department stores with many empty shelves, particularly in Australia. Mm. How do we not just buy whatever is available for Christmas? Additionally, Anita says, how do I avoid just-in-case Christmas shopping already in November? I feel like the media is telling me to buy now because of the global uh, global supply chain. Don't fall for it. I haven't bought anything yet. Yeah. Yes. Both of them seem to be asking the same question here. <laughs> Don't fall for it. I mean, this is a this is a supply and demand uh, issue that we have. Some of it's fabricated. Some of it's not fabricated. 
Um, but as we talked about in the minimal episode, this year is the perfect year to buy experiential gifts. So, um, how do you avoid, uh, buying just in case items? How do you avoid, how do you avoid buying what's just available on the shelf? You don't buy anything physical. You could still give an experience. You could still give a consumable. Um, but yeah, don't, don't fall for the hype. Don't, don't let the scarcity mindset trick you into spending money on things that you know, are just going to end up in a landfill. The thing you're struggling with right now is the fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. But there's an alternate term. It's called the joy of missing out. Realizing that every moment of every day, you are missing out on something. But if what you're doing is aided by the ability to have to miss out on everything else, because this is what I want to be doing, this, this is the thing that I want to do right now, then you can feel joyous that you're missing out. Mm. And so you're missing out on, yes, millions of items that are delayed in ports or aren't being manufactured on time or whatever. Great. That means you get to avoid the excess consumerism this year because those things that you thought you needed that you don't actually need, they aren't even available to purchase. Mm. Dude, I saw this... uh it was like a TikTok video of this guy with all these computer chips, like all these really hard to get things. And it was like this flexing of like, look at it. Look how rich I am in computer chips. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. He has diamonds basically now, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we treat these things as though they are scarce. Mm. Um, and sometimes they are. But just because something is scarce doesn't mean it's worthwhile. Ooh, yeah. Or just, just because something is scarce doesn't mean you have to be scared. <laughs> That's good. I think that's a great place to end it. Although we're not completely ending it. We're going to, we're going to append this maximal episode with the first, I don't know what it is, half hour, 45, 50 minutes of the live stream we did. If you are a Patreon supporter, intentionalist, true fan, VIP, you can participate in our weekly live stream, which sometimes is twice a week like it is we're doing this week because we're taking next week off. Although it doesn't apply to you, really. We're not ever taking an actual week off from publishing the podcast. Sometimes we'll record two in a week so we can give these folks uh, some time off for the holidays. What a gift. Yeah. Merry Christmas, y'all. Yeah. Enjoy this gift of, uh, of, of live stream. The lo- Minimalist Live. And here's what we did at the beginning of this. It was um, Ryan and I just, I don't know, sort of finding our footing with the live stream. But it was some of the most candid conversation we've had on the podcast in a while. And I'm glad that we have some ability to communicate that with you. So enjoy this bit of the live stream as we continue into the holidays. Love y'all. Love people. Use thanks. Thanks, patrons. And we're live. Hold on. <clears throat> Josh, you're alive. <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> hey y'all hey patrons thank you so much for being here today we're gonna we got so much to talk about but we thought we'd start this live stream before we start recording today's podcast we're gonna do a minimal and a maximal episode today about what are we doing about today? oh yeah christmas gifts that's today yeah Uh, We're actually doing two live streams this week. Uh, As you know, we're doing on average one live stream a week. We're not doing one next week, trying to give some folks uh, Thanksgiving off. Do we get votes? What's that? Do we get votes on the how long to keep the live stream around? It's definitely stayed up for 24 hours. Yeah, I I knew it would. There were a few people who were like, oh, no, I kind of like just you know, catching it live. It's ephemeral. Right. Here's the thing. It's ephemeral either way. It's just... uh, 
the the question is like how ephemeral right so uh, it will be staying up for 24 hours but then it's going to be gone the key is we want you participating in the live stream yes. though and so oh your cameras my camera's moving like crazy there must be an earthquake going on here no that's uh that's jordan you can see him uh he's uh putting a teleprompter up for me <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, do we have a delay on youtube because uh uh you know in case like there's a um wardrobe malfunction or something no it's just <laughs> just it youtube has to go to space oh okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. not how the technology actually works but that's okay um <laughs> Yeah, we got so much to talk about today on the live stream. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to ask questions or have insightful comments or interact with each other as well. But questions and comments in particular, Malabama is going to be collecting those Dude, Mallory, over there. She looks so professional with her headphones, her laptop. <laughs> How are we sounding on the uh, the live stream so far? Are you able to hear us? Are we sounding good? Are we looking good? Are I we forgot smelling to turn good? on my radio voice. How does it sound now? Uh, by the way, y'all, before we dive into anything here, we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions about any of our upcoming episodes or for any of our upcoming episodes, you can leave us a voice memo. You just send it to podcast at minimalists.com. That will give you the best chance of being on the air. Now, if you're like, oh, I don't want to figure out the the voice memo on my phone, you can still call our number. It's 406-219-7839. That's 406-219-7839. And uh, you can just leave us a voice memo. We got here are the, the episodes we have coming up. We have, uh, well, we have an episode about cults. That's one we're recording on Thursday. Yeah, man. With Amanda. What's her last name? Montel. Montel. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to be talking about cults. Ryan's really looking forward to this one because yeah. he was in a cult growing up. Well, you know, it's funny. I grew up like uh, people calling Jehovah's Witnesses a cult. And even when I left the organization, I was like, you know, I'm never going to refer to it as a cult. Uh -huh. But this book has like blew my mind on like, dude, it doesn't. We're all part of a cult. Ah, uh, yeah. Every single one of us are part of a cult. I can't wait to talk to her about is minimalism a cult yeah. or, or how, what would make it a cult, etc. cetera. <laughs> But uh, we're going to talk about all different types of cults, like our Swifties, Taylor Swift fans. Are they a cult? Yeah, is, that's actually in her book. Right. Yeah. Uh, is uh, CrossFit a cult? Yes. Is SoulCycle a cult? We're going to talk about these things. Uh, are certain mainstream religions a cult or what would make them a cult? And and how do we talk about cults in a way that is not, it doesn't just lose all of its meaning because we mm. use that term very loosely yeah, it's now. A pejor it's a pejorative. It's meant to like just bash something. What uh, Amanda would call it is a, oh, what do they call it? A thought terminating cliche mm -hmm. so like when someone hears the word cult that interrupts their thought they won't go any deeper into it because they're like oh like that's a cult and i associate that with the bad with the bad thing so um i'm not even going to look at that group because it allows us to dismiss it yes exactly right away. yeah 100 and and what we're going to do is the opposite of dismissing it we're going to have a honest open conversation mm -hmm. that's open-minded as well sure not so open that our mind is porous and and we just let everything in but but open enough to say okay i'm I, i'm open to accepting that certain things that weren't a cult I, when i grew up maybe they are actually a cult and other things that i've never even think of as a cult maybe they're also a cult yeah oh i just like the idea of uh kind of redefining what cult is and really digging into like, hey, how can a cult be a good thing, actually? Mm. And uh, 
Yeah, it's yeah. I, I just can't wait to have her on the podcast. It'll Me too. Good. So that'll be this Thursday. Mark your calendars, 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can join us. But if you have a question for that podcast at theminimalists.com, just send a voice memo. It's almost certain to get aired on that episode. Or you can just call in 406-219-7839. If Jordan had everything together, we'd put that on the lower thirds right now, and it would look beautiful. But we'll, maybe we'll do that next time. In fact, that's on my list of things to talk to Jordan about are the, uh, the lower thirds, uh, putting them in real time. Jordan, what do you think about that? Uh, you, you, you said you should be able to, with the new switcher we have, insert the lower thirds. Okay, cool. Sweet. Um, let's, uh, real quick, before we start recording these episodes, y'all, let's talk about what we have on the calendar. It's so much calmer in here when we get all the foreigners out, isn't it? <laughs> I was actually thinking about how... Um, it is it is wild like how one less person it does like the energy is just so much drastically different not that em, emma had a ton of energy or didn't have energy at all it was uh-huh. just yeah you take one person out of the room right. in this tiny little studio it makes a huge difference for sure for sure yeah now we don't want ra- random rappers on camera and stuff and i want to be giant pile of clutter that's over here i want to be clear though i really do miss emma <laughs> I, I yeah I would rather have her here than not have her here. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we've uh, we've uh, disfellowshipped her and uh, she's <laughs> we no one's actually allowed to talk to her anymore. In fact, <laughs> including you patrons, if you message Emma, then there's going to be a big problem. <laughs> you get kicked out of our cult. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's she's still working with us. She's of back course. in Calgary now. I was just talking to her yesterday and uh, she's doing great. Grateful to be back in the snowy Maple Leaf North. And so um, we're just getting set up here. Before we start recording, I had a few things I wanted to talk about. I know Danny wants to do some photos as well. We'll get to that in a second. Let's talk real quick about what's going on on the calendar for us, y'all. So we have a we have a very full week this week, surprisingly yeah. full because we're trying to push forward. We're trying to send um, Harding out of town, et cetera, et cetera. And um, oh, so tomorrow... Sean, I've got two interviews in the morning. I don't need to do that here. I can just do those from Zoom, I believe. I I messaged Tess this morning, but um, I'll probably just because they're just for magazines. I'll just do those. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're but they're both in Spain. Um, so I'll do that. But then tomorrow night, you and I, Ryan, need to be here with. Um, is it audio and video? The Melissa Ambrosi Show in Australia. Okay, great. Thank you. It's um, is it live or taped to live? It's just a podcast. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So it is not live, but she's in Australia. So seven fifteen p.m. tomorrow, we'll be here for that. Me, you, Jordan, Sean, take care of that, and then the very next morning we have the Cult Podcast. Yeah, as well. Friday, we're going to be talking about this a bit today mm. on the Christmas gifts episode because yeah. supply chain issues are going to be a big issue but friday we have uh, our po- finally our podcast desk is being yeah. delivered cannot so, wait danny malabama sean jordan if you all can be here that would be very useful because we have to put this whole thing together on friday by the way that thing looks awesome good job mallory and danny what is that what is that called it's called a bench oh a bench it's a great bench <laughs> I don't know, man. All these pieces of furniture got side cyborgs and 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 credenzas and ottomans. I don't. I can't keep up with it all, man. <laughs> Kids these days and their furniture. That's right. Sean, can we kill the AC? It 
is uh, freezing me out of the room. But uh, so Friday, we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to put together the whole desk. And maybe this weekend, I'm going to bring in, I'm trying to get Tim to come in to hang the new painting. So we're getting rid of these old paintings. I don't know if they've sold yet. I need to talk to Beulah. If they haven't, you can find them at theminimalists.com slash art. Mm -hmm. It just forwards you to Beulah's website. Mm -hmm. She's selling these four paintings. They're all one of one. They've been used in the studio, but we're finding a uh, larger painting that's more appropriate for the space behind me and behind Ryan. We already have them downstairs in the writer's room. Yeah. And I so, love how the writer's room smells right now. It smells like fresh art. <laughs> it really does have a smell to it, though. It's great. Yeah. And so we, Ryan and I picked those up yesterday. We rented a U-Haul. Oh, my God. We were recognized several times. The minimalists in a U-Haul. They're like, what are these guys doing? Yeah, that was so funny. We pulled up right in front of the uh, the building here. And this lady, like, she, oh, the my, minimalists. oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, wait are, is this where you guys are? And we open it up, and it's just one giant canvas mm -hmm. and then two paintings yeah i'm like it's the only thing you're allowed to haul as a minimalist is art i had a realization yesterday driving that u-haul that my 25 year old self maybe even 35 year old self, i was so naive like to i would have i would have got into that u-haul and been like i got this no problem but like my 40 year old self is like i was anxious as hell it wasn't until i dropped it off at the u-haul where i like it felt like a thousand pounds was lifted off my chest. It was mm. it was crazy, like how anxious driving that truck made me. It was it all went well. It went great. No incidences. Um, it was pretty easy, but like there's just like this low level of anxiety. What it what what is the um there's a term that's coming up in one of our podcasts. It's not low level anxiety. Yeah, low grade misery. <laughs> yeah. You can say that into the mic so people can hear you, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. So I will repeat for Mallory low grade misery. Um, yeah. It was like a low grade anxiety, like the entire time. It was crazy. Anyway, but yeah, we did it. Got him in here. Everything went well. And yeah, I can't wait to get it hung. It'll look beautiful, especially with the new desk. Yes. Coming indeed. together, Melbourne. You did it. We did it, man. You freaking it's did it. Looking great. We got some carpet coming in next week as well. So um, we need to talk about that real quick. Mallory, we've got uh, the carpet coming in as soon as it is here. We need it scheduled. So the the way this needs to work is the desk needs to be built. Then the art needs to be hanged. No, hung. People are hanged. Art is hung. And Ryan needs to be hanged. I thought it was hanged. <laughs> if you're from the South. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and well, you are from the South. What are we, what are we talking about? Well, just because I lived in Tallahassee for a year does not mean I'm from the South. You were born in Knoxville. That's not South. That's like Mid-South. What? All right. Anyone from Tennessee <laughs> on the live stream? If so, are you from the South or from elsewhere? Go ahead, oh, wait. Count. Yes. I'm from Tennessee. I thought you were yeah. from Alabama. Uh -oh. I'm from all over the South. Were, were you born in Tennessee? I was born in Alabama. Oh, okay. Where did I, you live in Tennessee? So I lived in Nashville and Memphis. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, yeah. No, I do know Tennessee. So actually, anything South of Anything south of the Ohio River, I believe, is called South, right? Yeah. What's going on? We're not here in Mallory. I'm sorry. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Anything anything south of the Ohio River is considered South, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mason-Dixon yeah. line. Yeah. Can, yeah. Mason-Dixon. Yeah. Is, is that a county? 
<laughs> or Mason Dixon? Are they ex-presidents? Is he joking? Is he serious? I don't know what. Mason, Ohio? <laughs> yeah. In Dixon, Indiana. <laughs> um, yeah, I really don't know what the Mason Dixon line is. It uh, separates the South from the North. I mean, that's why do they the call Southern the, states. Why do they call it the Mason that's Dixon That's a great, line? great question. We'd have to look up. That's I don't really know the I'm etymology wondering. of the term. Yeah. But um, we learned it in school, probably in fifth grade or something. I did not pay attention to geography. Yeah. Although I could, the one thing I do appreciate about education that we got is I could tell you where every single state is. I had no idea how many Americans, uh -huh. they can't tell you where every single state is on the map. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would say 90% of Americans can't Unbelievable. tell you where every yeah, it's, state it's, on the map yeah, is. Yeah, it's uh, surprising. I, even Canadians, there's only 10 provinces and they they can't tell I'm you trouble the provinces right oh i love the um oh i forget what late night talk show host did this but uh they went out on the streets. anthony jesselner <laughs> is he a late night talk show host? i mean he had a show on comedy central many years ago they went out and they had a map of the united states and they're like you know we'll give you five dollars if you can point to wyoming <laughs> <sighs> And yeah, like you said, like 90% of the people I could not point out states. Wyoming's a difficult one. You and I could point it out. Yeah, because we lived in Montana. Right. Mm -hmm. And have been to Wyoming a bunch of times. The secret to knowing all the states is, is you visit them all. Right. <laughs> yeah. you, can tell, you can tell where they are. Same yeah. with the provinces. Like, yeah. I could walk you through the provinces. Yeah, I could walk I you can't pronounce provinces. Newfoundland, or is it Newfinland? Yeah. yeah. But I think it's New Newfoundland. 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 That's it. I think that's I it. I think. Let us know, Canadians. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. What do we got going on here? Podcast, Sean. We we working out the audio. This is this is all behind the scenes stuff. You get this for free. Well, not for free. Your patrons. Um, and we're we're grateful for that. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Alabama. Oh my stars! Now you've got me on. Uh, <laughs> Anyone in the chat have have they spoken up? Do you want something? You want to read a comment, question, yeah. concern, smart ass remark. Um, I do have a couple of folks agreeing with me. Tennessee is deep south. Okay. Tennessee is definitely deep the south? south. Tennessee isn't just south. It's deep south. Kentucky's it the south. On the side of the state that you're What is in. Alabama then? The deep, deep south? <laughs> yes. Okay. Like deep the deeper dish south. south. Deep dish south. <laughs> <laughs> mm, deep dish. My, my favorite colloquialism is, is about Florida, right? So, you know, Florida is technically in the south. Mm. But as soon as you go yes. south of like. As soon as you go south of like uh, Orlando, oh, yeah, wow. Tampa, Orlando, yeah, Jacksonville, yeah, gotcha. yeah, it's and so mm -hmm. the local clo colloquialism is the farther north you go, the farther south you go, yeah, in Florida. Because oh, you, so if you're true. in Tallahassee, where you lived for a year, oh, that Wakulla County was an interesting place, <laughs> a lot of nice people, very, yeah. very, but just an interesting culture going on there. All and right, someone, what else? What else we got, in Alabama? Uh, we have a couple of folks uh, from all over. Um, uh, we have somebody from the Netherlands, South Africa. Um, oh, wow. We have a couple of folks from Australia, Denmark, Ontario, Canada, Long Beach City, Greece. Ooh, Melbourne, you are of, international, uh, man. International <laughs> uh, areas over here. Hey, Danny, uh, yeah. can you, uh, can you Detroit, fix your mic for all caps. Detroit. Detroit yeah. versus everybody. Talk about the Midwest. I love how the, the term as well. The term Midwest, I didn't realize until my 30s that it was referring to the location on in the world. Yes. I didn't realize. I just thought Midwest was in reference to the United States because as any American, I'm very self-absorbed and think everything revolves around the United States. Uh -huh. Thanks. Um, but I guess like, so where, where does the Midwest end? It depends on who you consult about this. Okay. But generally, if you look at a broad swath of the Midwest, mm -hmm. it's Ohio is 
it's hard to even call Cleveland the Midwest, although everyone would say it's the Midwest, but yeah. it's so appreciably different from North Dakota. Yeah. Right. So North Dakota, South Dakota, that's the Midwest, all the Plains the states. Yeah. So yeah. Kansas, Nebraska, this is all the Midwest. Obviously, Minnesota, you can't get much more Midwestern than that. Indiana, Illinois. So South Dakota is as far west as the Midwest goes. Because uh, then what's south, next? Yeah, south of North Dakota, yeah. right? And not, next to South Dakota is Kansas, right? Yeah, some yeah. people would call like like Billings the Midwest, even though okay. like generally you would just call it the mountains or the plains. So Kansas would not be considered Midwest. No, Kansas is definitely the Midwest. It's, oh, okay. It's emphatically Midwest, mid- is, Midwestern. Yeah, Kansas isn't Kansas west of South Dakota, or is that no, Wyoming? It's south of South Dakota. Oh yeah, Wyoming is west of South yeah. Dakota. So is Wyoming yeah. considered Midwest? Most people wouldn't. Okay. Probably overseas, some people would be like, yeah, that's the Midwest. But no, you would just refer to it as the mountain states. Stay tuned, patrons, for more geography lessons. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I look, here, here's one, you frustrate, last time we were in Pittsburgh, yeah. they don't like being called Midwest, oh. but it feels like a Midwestern city. Oh, yeah. Much more than Philadelphia on the other side of the state, right? Yes. Uh, anyway, no more geography, Alabama. We'll, we'll just stick to the, um, we'll stick to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick to the script. <laughs> <clears throat> we'll stick to questions, comments, concerns. What else we got going on next week before we dive into the show? We have a podcast we're recording next Monday, so we'll live stream that as well. There is no guest. But here are some of the topics we have coming up. So call in with your questions. The one we're recording next week, Ryan, is, oh, this is going to be good. You know, it will be 11 years of minimalism. Mm. So... Oh my goodness. We're going to recap the the last 11 years of simplicity. If you have a question, any random minimalism questions, feel free to call in about that. We're going to do a episode. Yeah. Yeah. 11 years. Dude, 2020, my brain has blocked it out, man. Like it, like there's the mechanism that went on that was like, just get through it, man. Just get through it. Cause like, it does not feel like a lot. It feels like 10 years to me. I still would say 10 years. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, I mean, the weird thing is, like, I was in the corporate world for 12 years. Mm-hmm. It's almost a year from now, it'll be the same. It'll be equidistant, right? Oh, if, wow. Right, the, the the sort of quitting day. Yeah. And the minimalism start. When did I get laid off? November 2010? September 2011. Was it September 2011? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we started the minimalist in December of 2010. That's 2010, right. yeah. Now, we, yeah. We, we did your packing party September of 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so that was over 11 years ago now, right? Wow. And so um, we're going to do, oh, we're going to do quite a few episodes here. We're doing one on emotional intel- intelligence with Gary V. So Gary oh, V is sweet. coming in uh, for that. We're going to do, um, we're going to do Ian Cron talking about personality, personality tests, oh, but also man. your personality, different person. So if you have questions about emotional intelligence, if you have questions about, and you want them to air podcast at the minimalists.com, send a voice memo or call us 406-219-7839 and then ryan for the new year we're going to do an episode on paper clutter and we're going to do an episode on failed new year's resolution so mm. if you have questions about either one of those specifically paper clutter let us know and here's a rough one. Oh, i'm really looking forward to bringing this gal in julie wilson um her husband committed suicide a few years ago and she has he, he actually ran like a suicide awareness organization. 
I think it was called Anthem of Hope, and she's running it now. And it's the only time I've ever cried from an Instagram post. And mm. like, I just remember when I saw this in 2019, I believe it was, I was just, I couldn't, uh, I was bawling my eyes out. Her, her husband was a pastor out in Riverside and um, yeah, he ended his life. And um, we're going to talk about suicide and battling brokenness. You know, we're all broken in some way and it always feels like a constant battle. And so if you have questions about that, if you know anyone or you yourself, have any um, questions about about depression, suicide, anxiety, stress, discontent within our culture, please send us a voice memo. And we're going to do a few other episodes here, a just-in-case episode, a too-much-stuff episode. Ooh, we're going to bring in um, Dr. Jaha. She's going to talk about the cluttered mind and all of the distractions. She wrote this great book about distractions. Uh, how we're cluttering our mind with mm. distractions and, and some other episodes coming up as well. But that's a, a sort of the rest of the year slate and early into next year. If you have questions about those, please send in a voice memo or, or call 406-219-7839 patrons. We will get your questions on the air. We'll get as many of them on as we can, either on the public episodes or certainly on the Patreon episodes. If we have extra questions, feel free to send those in. Ryan, where do we go from here? Who do we need to talk to? We talked about carpet. We talked, oh, Danny, Black Friday. After today, I want you and, and Jordan, you know, I've got this popular Black Friday essay that I wrote many years ago. And... Jordan turned it into like this awesome video. It was really the impetus of the Let's Talk About Less series that he created and directed. And we did this six-part series called Let's Talk About Less. This was sort of the precursor to this. It was episode zero to that. And a lot of people found a lot of value in that. It's up on YouTube right now. If you want to check it out, just type in Let's Talk About Black Friday. Or if you go to theminimalists.com slash black, you can find it there, I believe, as well as the essay. Well, I have a 60-second or 59-second version of that just for TikTok. Mm. And um, it's radically attenuated, but I want to record that today so we can get it out for folks who may have never heard of our message until now. We're, we're doing a lot on TikTok recently, thanks to da- to Danny Unknown here. He's uh, he's monitoring our podcast. You are so cool. Tweeting out. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. Danny, you're so cool. <laughs> Amen. He Gen Zer. Is he Gen Z? Yes. Sweet. Almost certainly. And so is my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how big the gap is in the generations, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um what else we got here? Oh, that's about our bank. I'll talk to you about that later, Ryan. <laughs> Jordan, we talked about lower thirds. Oh, Ryan. So I got an email from our speaking agency last week. We have a speaking agency? <laughs> nice, dude. Uh, WME. <laughs> um, and they own a company called the Harry Walker Agency. Mm. And um, they have like all these videos of Ryan speaking on stage from tour. and like all. The, but they're asking, like, can you put together some sort of like demo reel? Uh, yeah. And so I reached out to Matt Diavella. Remember we made a film called Less Is Now? Oh, yeah. Zero? Classic. And no one ever saw it. Right. Except for the people who uh, bought tickets to that live event. Right. But yeah. the, the, even they didn't see the whole film right, that yeah. Matt put together. Yeah. And so he sent it over to me. It's way better than I remembered. Yeah. Oh, it was good. Yeah. It, it was good. It wasn't as good as the, the, the final product no. that we, we put on Netflix. But I, yeah, it was totally, yeah. I get why Netflix bought the film now. Like, oh, cause yeah. the first one I'm like, 
they bought this? Yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> uh, it wasn't finished, right? right? It clearly was missing something. It, it was missing the sort of uh, emotional gravitas of the final film and of mm. the previous film. Anyway, we have a whole other version of Lesses now that you will never see. <laughs> not even you patrons <laughs> not even you patrons in fact technically i'm not allowed to show it to you anyway so oh um, yeah that's yeah, they, right they, uh, netflix owns the rights to to lesses now yeah. yeah and so anyway that's a there's a first cut i know hey. we could do we could re we could republish it as messes how <laughs> <laughs> let's uh save that title jordan for the for the for this <laughs> yeah, write that, somebody write that down can you put that in the lower third messes how and we'll put a question mark on it <laughs> Ryan's. We've always <laughs> joked that Ryan is going to start a blog, the messy minimalist. Yeah, the messy like, minimalist. He owns twelve things, but they're strewn all throughout they're his home, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And I was looking at my bookshelf the other day. Man, I got to get rid of some books. They're like, because it's at the point where, um, because we have so many guests. Yeah. That have books, and I got books to read. Uh huh. So I've got um, you know, my bookshelf with them nice in order, but then I started to like stack them on top of each other. <laughs> My goal is to uh, organize that before Malabama comes over and watches our cat. Uh, yeah, you have an incentive now. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's funny. That's right. I know. <laughs> I judge. I'm judging me. Yeah, I remember we, when Ryan and I moved to the cabin in the middle of nowhere. It was before he met Mariah. Before I met Bex, we were just we were roommates in this cabin on the side of a mountain mm -hmm. in Peaberg, Montana. Yep. And you know, one traffic light, 3,400 square miles, and. We owned next to nothing, mm -hmm. but it was everywhere. <laughs> you know how like was it Hansel and Gretel? Yeah, they left behind bre bread crumbs. Like I knew how Ryan got home from the bar and what path he took into his bed. <laughs> there was like a sock <laughs> right by the front door. Oh man! And then like I, it's oh. funny because like I'd wake up at three a.m. to start writing and. Uh, I see Ryan passed out on the bed like this, <laughs> <laughs> or worse, on like, top of the covers like this. Josh would put covers on me sometimes, <laughs> always, and like he's laying on the covers, and so I'm like pulling them oh, slightly man. over, tucking the pillow behind his head, oh, dude, putting dude. hot sauce in his mouth. I did not. I mean, I really did. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I was, was wondering what I was dreaming about eating tacos. <laughs> Dude, I I really did take it all in when we were in Peaberg. Like I really like I every single moment I was like this is freaking awesome. But yeah. like like it, my 7 on the Enneagram self is like I didn't do enough in Peaberg. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, but I should have done more. Wow. Yeah, I I really am glad we were there for whatever that was, 4 or 5 months. Yeah. But I'm so glad we didn't stay beyond that. Like, yeah, that, that would have it felt like the perfect amount of time. Now, it was the worst time to be there because it's winter and mm -hmm. it's negative 26 degrees when you wake up in the morning mm -hmm. and you have to keep the fire going in the middle of the night. Otherwise, you're freezing. Mm -hmm. By the way, the power went out in Missoula last night. I know because well, it was out most of the day yesterday. Really? Like all of Missoula? Most of like, Missoula. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because yeah, I know that it was cold and yeah, I heard from Bax yesterday. Dag on, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. Not the place you want to be if uh, there's no power. The power goes out. Yeah, we are so reliant on technology. I was watching, or I was listening, or reading something about how uh, there was this. Um, try not to get political. There was a a test, an anti satellite test that ex that blew up this satellite in orbit, and so now there's all these fragments going around, and it is um, threatening certain technologies. We have GPS. 
um, you know, Wi-Fi and uh, on on flight or in-flight entertainment, so mm-hmm. forth and so on. Yeah. But it was funny because reading this, I'm like, oh my god, like we are so reliant totally on so much technology. Like if if the if the power goes out. I mean, it's why, you know, in Arizona, people didn't live there until air conditioning was invented. That's right. Yeah. So power yeah, goes out there in the summer. Yeah. Jordan, your family is going to be boiling. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you don't even have family there anymore. They all they all boiled already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the power goes out. there. So he what he's saying, he doesn't have a microphone, although we'll we'll rectify that. We'll figure Eventually, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can't wait for Ian Cron to be on the show. Anyway, all right. So yeah, Jordan was saying that the power would go out. They throw everything in the refrigerator and then go to a hotel immediately. Yeah, yeah. It, it be, it because otherwise they will melt. Yeah, I'm going to write this down. I need to get get a microphone. Well, well, we need so, to figure out Tony Robbins microphones for Jordan and Sean and Danny. Ian Cron left us on the best cliffhanger in Dallas. Uh, he talked about how America used to be a very healthy three, and then we moved to an unhealthy six. Is that what it was? No, we're an unhealthy three now, right? Oh, so we were a healthy six moving to an unhealthy three. I don't remember what the. I don't know what it was, but it was an interest. It was just a statement where I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Like to look at the United States as a whole on the Enneagram. Yes, but you certainly can, um, and I cannot wait for him to like expound on that because uh, yeah, it's just interesting. It, well, it's the same thing with um with uh, uh, Amanda's book, I mean, just the way that, you know, history unfolds and, and, and America in general, I mean, cause it's, you know, the country we live in, it's like interesting to kind of look of where it's at, where it was, you know, why it is where it is today. But, um, with Amanda, with the, with Amanda the, Montel cultish is yeah. the book. So yeah, recall, I mean, cultish is just, it's fascinating. It's, and she doesn't, she doesn't say cults are good or bad. She's just like, right. here's what they are. Right. And there's a lot of good examples. There's a lot of bad examples, but there is a reaction so like the worst, like the, 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 the further we move along in time and the worse um, politics get, the more cults start to kind of sprout up. And it's basically cults are a reaction to um, it's anti-religion and anti-government are what cults typically are. Right. Um, but it's, it's I just am interested in kind of taking that into consideration with eons, uh, eons, <laughs> with e- Ian's, Ian um, yeah, Ian Cron's uh, uh, statement, and kind of you know just getting a little clearer on what the heck is going on because yeah, it's uh, yeah, it just it just seems really it's just different today. You know, there's never been another time like it. He has a new book coming out called The Story of You. We're going to be talking to him about that on the podcast in a few weeks. Call in with questions about that as well. Uh, personalities, your personality. Um, has your personality changed over time? Or did you, like me, did you think you were an extrovert for a long time because you were supposed to be an extrovert? Mm. I'm the most introverted person that just about any of you know. And podcast Sean and I, we, we pass back and forth the trophy from month to month. <laughs> Who is more introverted? You are the most extroverted introvert I know. Yeah, most socially competent <laughs> one. I mean, that that's the problem is people mistake extroversion for social competence right mm. but you know think of you have a, a you have a particular uncle yeah. who uh maybe is not very socially competent mm. but is big so extrovert. extrovert i was gonna say i'm a very i'm a big extrovert but not very socially competent that's not true <laughs> no in fact I, I think of uh you know my former spouse this is not a knock on her at all but she mm. was extremely extroverted 
but also shy. Oh, well, shyness is sort of the opposite of social competency in a way, mm, right? In a way. Yeah. And so needing to be around other people in order to get your energy, but also being sort of afraid of interacting with them. What a recipe, right? Yeah. I think the opposite would also be frustrating. Like if you were an introvert, but, but you felt like, well, this is where I, what I went through in my 20s, my late teens and 20s. I guess I have to be around people all the time. Yeah, especially I'm, as a salesperson, man. Yeah. I could see that. And, and that, but that, by the way, that's why I became socially competent. I remember when I first started working in telecom, summer of 1999, mm. I was, <laughs> man, I was so um, awkward, socially awkward. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know how to interact with people. I did walk into the store and I'd be like, hi. Mm-mm. Like, can I help you? And like, I didn't have any of the cues to like, <laughs> I had to develop it over time. Hi, welcome to the home of CB Home Run. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Yeah, that's a that's a deep cut there, y'all. You know, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Being a Jehovah's Witness actually is what made me be a good salesperson. Mm. And it's and being a good salesperson really is communicating clearly what something that you really feel passionate about. Yes. That's yeah. what that's what any sales job is. Really. And, and being able to identify solutions to someone's perceived problem. Yeah. One of the bigger problems about sales is we create problems in order to solve them. Oh yeah. You could use that just like cults. You can use it for a very bad thing. Yeah. Oh my god. The cultish reading about Heaven's Gate gave Ooh. me like it makes me want to not say uh drink the Kool-Aid anymore. Mm. Um save that for a uh, Thursday. Yeah. It was because it, it is a oh, it's just it's like narcissism gone. It's, it's narcissism at its worst, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So we will talk to Amanda about that. I, I took it. We took several, four or five or 17 tangents there. We had a film called Less Is Now that came out. <laughs> we did? <laughs> and there was a first cut that no one ever saw. Yeah. And... But in that, we like filmed this great talk of me and you. We built a stage. We brought in 600 people, you know, two groups of 300 and had them give this, this talk. Uh, we gave this talk in front of them and we filmed the whole thing. The whole crew was beautiful. And so we're actually going to get to use that footage for something now. Our speaking demo reel. Yeah, it's funny because when they asked for the reel, my first thought was is they could just watch less is now on Netflix. Like that's a really good, but this is even more refined for speaking. Yeah. They want something from a live event, from a live event. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that was the thing we, we want to see these guys speaking in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. And so we have that. So Jordan and I are going to work together this afternoon. So I guess we should probably go ahead and start the podcast soon. Huh? Yeah, man, we got to get on, we got to get on this. Yeah. Yeah. I got places to be. <clears throat> One other thing, Jordan, um, we need to take a best buy field trip soon um, to go look at those giant TV screens but we'll talk more about that later. Stay tuned, y'all. Maybe, oh, maybe this would be fun. What if we did a Best Buy tour? <laughs> you have to probably film it with your phone because otherwise though. But we are going to bring, we got to bring one of these cameras so we can do a test with the screen size. I'm sure they'll let us do that. Just, hey, we're looking at buying one of these, these TVs. Austin from Mosaic, he recommended two different TVs to take a look at. So what are, the t- what are, what are we using the TV for? I know we got the stand for it. Yeah, so that TV stand we have down in the... Um, we, 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 no, 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 it's in the uh, storage area. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. The we, we share a storage area with a restaurant for all of our like excess equipment, and um, we need a fancy name for that though. We don't want to call it storage room. What's a fancy name? Alabama, mm-hmm. Danny, someone. The, the deep <laughs> south. The, the annex. Oh yeah, that's good. The annex. That's yeah. good. Throwback. 
yeah yeah that's right i like it uh so were we using the tv for uh the solo show i'm working on for patreon gotcha gotcha gotcha. minimalism today which is subject to change the name so the um the tv is for a background is that what yeah backdrop so that we're not using the same paintings gotcha different different backdrop sweet all right um what do you say we dive into christmas gifts um alabama is monitoring the questions so we'll certainly get to some dude can we do some christmas music on this podcast is that legal what do you mean I mean, you know, it's like play them out with like, you know, a nice Christmas song. I'm telling you, man, I walked in. It's royalty free. Yes. Where the heck? Yeah. Where the heck was I? Um, uh, I was, it doesn't matter, but I heard Christmas music playing and I'm like, why the heck is Christmas music? And I was like, oh, it's like Christmas time. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt so warm and fuzzy. It was great. Anyway. Yeah, uh, we can do that on the maximal episode for sure. Isn't that funny how like... Although I had a song picked already, but I can cross that out and we'll use it a different time. We have totally been acculturated to like feel warm and fuzzy around Christmas time and I freaking love it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, Let's... Here, I'll have to cancel my added value segment this week. I will... Okay, we got to do thumbnails oh, real okay. quick. Okay. So, all right, so someone Google um, royalty-free Christmas songs. Let's well, see. No, we can do, do any Christmas song we want. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I actually had a joke prepared as to why we weren't doing Christmas music, but if you really want to, that's fine. <clears throat> yeah, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, we could. Yeah, I mean, we could do the whatever you want to do, man. I just know that when I hear the Christmas music, I'm like, like there was this like, ang- not anger, but frustration of like, the hell is going on and then i was like oh yeah it is christmas time yeah yeah um i don't even know do you have a favorite christmas song oh yeah yeah you want me to look here okay okay um do you have a favorite christmas song like there now you're you're being egregious no no we're uh, egregious i don't think you're using that correctly (laughs) i have no anger in me right now um uh is this good seriously uh yeah okay danny okay okay (laughs) um do you have a favorite christmas song i have many least favorite not least favorite (laughs) gotcha yeah they can't hear me on the mic oh um yeah i uh, i'm standing over here so that take pictures of ryan yeah okay so let me talk about i think my favorite christmas songs um like the first one that comes to mind is uh silent night Uh just because it's like you know this very like churchy um ethereal sounding song but then um i really like the john lennon simply having a wonderful christmas time like that's a really good like christmas song um and dude how how freaking talented you have to be as an artist to create a new christmas song like yeah yeah they did a they did a birthday song too that's not as popular but i know a lot of people use that beale's birthday song rather than the (laughs) (laughs) that's terrible terrible. your smile's terrible that wasn't even a real smile it's hard to do live stream and post for photos at the same time yeah indeed okay 
All right, you keep talking while he takes photos of me, okay? Great. So, all right, so um, uh, here, give me some uh, uh, listeners or watchers, viewers, whatever. What are we calling them? Patrons? <laughs> Patrons that are watching right now, uh, comment your favorite Christmas songs. I want to, because right now I'm having a hard time oh, coming yeah. up. Crap. Silent Night, Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. I like um, the Peanuts. Uh, that, that was uh, Jordan. What's that? You, ha- Mike. Right, I forgot I have a <laughs> Vince Guaraldi. Uh, Come on, Alabama, you got this. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. yeah, it's our second live stream. You should have. You should be perfect by now, Mallory. <laughs> should be. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fired, and you have two hours to reclaim your job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just gotta raise you. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a lot of folks in the chat that are uh, throwing out their favorite Christmas songs. Oh yeah, songs. let's do it. What do we got? What do we got? Um, we have um, uh, twelve days, the perfect anti-minimalist song. The 12, 12 Days of days. Christmas. Oh, yeah. That's um, a good one. Okay. Naturally, oh all God, I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> yes, oh. Silent Night, The Little Drummer Boy, Feliz Navidad, Sleigh Bells, Carol of the Bells. Um, Carol of the Bells. I don't Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one. I'll have to look that Stop up. Stop with the nonsense recommendations, y'all. <laughs> oh, and uh, that person's Patreon account. <laughs> there is a correction in here. It, it was Paul M., not John, John Lennon. Oh, Paul it was McCartney, not John Lennon, for simply having. Yeah, but have you ever seen but the two on, of them on but the, it's si- on the, the same best room? Of jo- but it's on the best of John Lennon. I don't make the rules, right? Maybe he redid it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only know that because I have one John Lennon album, and it's like a compilation, and that song's on it. I don't know. All right. Maybe he redid it. Anyway, um, but thank you for the correction. We will. Yeah, we will accept your correction. <laughs> Except a correction we'll award accepted. You one point. Yes, Danny just was. asked me to get rid of all to the shine on my forehead so we're gonna need a few hours right <laughs> okay i think i'm still <laughs> i think i'm still i think having a wonderful christmas time is my is out of all the ones that have been listed i think that i do like a lot of those other ones some of them i haven't heard of but uh but yeah i think that's my my favorite on. one <laughs> yeah was just, here's a little <laughs> little your hair is a little egregious <laughs> <laughs> it looks it <laughs> um what about you Malavan? you got a favorite christmas song oh gosh um i do like a lot of the the jazz covers that that come in especially like old school like vince garaldi oh, um yeah. there's there's one that always pops up in in retail is um how are we doing uh, a few of my favorite things, which is not a Christmas song. It's oh. from The Sound of Music, but somebody always plays that in a retail store. Oh, but like if you get a good Christmas jazz cover of it, it's like, I can't be mad. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Too many to count. Yeah, there really are. What's that, Millie? I got to do something to make me smile here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about my face. <laughs> <laughs> so why is it when he takes pictures of you, you have to look this way at me? When he well, takes pictures, he asks me, me this every week. Yeah, the paintings. <laughs> but isn't? Oh, okay. So like, yeah, we need more blue behind you. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. I'll make a note to ask that next week. <laughs> <laughs> it just really brings out your eyes. Yeah. Simply. I like. Yeah, I like that Christmas song. Um, Drummer Boy. So on the Office. You know the Steve uh, Carell show. Yes. Um, well, I prefer the British one. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a character on there, Angela, who like there's a they're having a party and they have a karaoke machine. Yeah. 
and they were like trying to talk her into singing a song. She was like, do you have the little drummer boy? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can work that out. So she, <laughs> and she like, it comes up several times in the series. We're like, she loves that song and how it's, you know, you should be able to play it anytime, not just Christmas. <laughs> oh, but I do, I do like the drummer boy song as a Christmas song, not year round. Although TK Coleman, I wish he was here. He's got, he's got all the Christmas music. TK Coleman, for those of you who don't know, he listens to Christmas music year round. And his reasoning is kind of beautiful in the sense that it's impossible to be unhappy when you're listening to Christmas music. And And he like shows up just to make me depressed. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I yeah I think that's awesome that TK does that man just listens to Christmas music year round every day to stay to stay happy to stay in a good mood. I believe it. TK Coleman is like I believe it. He's a psychopath. <laughs> oh, uh, I like to think him of think him. I like to think of him as psycho pleasant. <laughs> Oh man, we got to get going on this. We're like forty-five minutes into it. Yeah, y'all. The live streams won't usually be this way, but we're still getting our feet wet here. Uh, you can leave this, but you can take those. Thank you. Limestream.com. I'm cool with that. If everyone gets here on time, I mean, we were barely well, we, set up at 10 yeah, today. No, 10 o'clock is good because I, I, because we have to take pictures at 945. And yeah, but I mean, like, I'm just All saying, right, keep going. Yeah. 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 We could try whatever. We could try it out. Yeah. We can try whatever. Do something that make me smile. <laughs> So tell me again, why is it that you get to look here and I have to look over that way? I seriously still don't get it. Because he's getting the same paintings here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. (laughs) I just do what I'm told, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So here, I'm I'm looking over here. Okay, I'll look at Josh. Wait. I'm looking at Josh at the microphone. All right, so take a picture like this. All right, now take a picture like this. All right, let's see it. Let's see the difference. You see how your head is right here? Yes. We only use like this little square of that, right? So it's a lot of white. Oh, so it's because of the painting. Oh, use that one. That one's good. All right, take a couple more of me and we'll be done. I see. So it's it's because... Oh, yeah, you're right. It is. It's because of the white in the painting. Ah. (laughs) No, I thought... (laughs) No, I th- I thought it was because you couldn't get the painting in that shot. But it turns out you can get the painting in there, but it's a piece of the painting that has no paint on it. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we want more blue in it. Yeah. Okay. To bring out my eyes. Yes. Mm, I can't wait to have this explained to me again next week. All right. Yeah, we better have something there. <clears throat> um, otherwise, I'm just going to um, I don't know, wear a ryan mask from hey, here on man. out it's all good they um, love you uh danny would you mind putting that in my bag and, and then also or just you can throw them both in the uh hey malabama w- could i trouble you for a little warm-up on the Actually, coffee 
Or if you have a syringe, I'll just shoot it directly yeah, in my do, veins. I'll do some as well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you can uh, hide this for now, but I'll probably need it again very soon. We're gonna mainline some coffee. You know what? I really okay. What? I don't know if I want to say this on live air. I will say it. I have you heard of coffee enemas? <laughs> 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 they intrigue me <laughs> so much. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> You're gonna have to be a VIP on Patreon to get that. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, I know people who actually do that. That's crazy. I've done them a bunch of times. Oh really? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll do one right now on camera. <laughs> You're like, I got that hooked up right now. Like, <laughs> Here, come on. Pour it to a bag. <laughs> uh, no, it's already off. It's, you're good. Mm. You're good. Thank you. All right. Anyway. Okay. So uh, you have tried it. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I. I Ben Greenfield told me about it. Yeah. I, I mean, heard, I've done regular enemas because all of my, my intestinal problems. Sure. Like, I hear it cleans you out. Like, it actually is a good way to clean you it's out. It's basically the same thing as a regular enema. Yeah. Okay. Have you done a regular enema? No. What yeah. things have you put in your butt? <laughs> Let's make a list. Not very many things. No. <laughs> <laughs> ask them a list. Ask the uh, patrons. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, do yeah. not ask the patrons. No, no, no. no. I'm <laughs> no. not. Yeah. I mean, on a dare or just like naturally? <laughs> what do you mean naturally? <laughs> you don't ever put anything in your butt naturally. <laughs> oh, well, that was a silly question then. That's the escape route. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> oh, my God. This I took. Sorry, patrons. This is not an episode of How to Love, Ryan, where we <laughs> mainly just talk about butt plugs. Just talk about butt plugs. Yeah. It's funny. Our collection of butt plugs. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. Everybody's phone yeah. Yeah. You can talk into the mic when you're when you're saying that. I forget. Everybody, shut well, off hey, your phones. We're definitely getting her the broadcaster headphone. By the way. Oh, the one that Ramsey has. Yeah. 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 I mean, not that, not the big gaudy one like he what he has, because uh, she's not a football announcer. Whatever. I can be. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I I have a sure face yeah. mic in uh, Illinois. Anything get with one duct of those. tape would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just like wrapping around in duct tape. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll definitely make it work. That way she doesn't have to hold up a mic or anything and she can be I talking into that. it. I appreciate that. Yeah, we'll, we'll work that out. Um, I'll talk to Andy. Anyway, let's... Uh, man, we got so much to talk about. I know we should get going, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it. We're like an hour late. We're sorry, patrons, or you're welcome. I don't know which. Yeah, you just got an hour show. In fact, Jordan, what we can do, what we can do is we can just take that and append it to the um, maximal episode as a little bonus. Oh yeah, as a as a hey, here's we get on the live stream. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Whatever, whatever you decide, man. And wait, so why do I have the red light on my thing now? It's just always on, basically. You shouldn't. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, cool. It's just okay. okay, awesome. It's just all right, but it's not going to go off and on, off and on. No, all right. So, wait, we need to pick a couple things. We got to pick. I've canceled my added value. We need to pick a Christmas song. I want to do the John Lennon or Paul McCartney, whichever it is, having a wonderful look it up. The The War is Over, that one, yes. Free the world. No, it's a uh, simply have. I think it's called. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. No, that's not the that's not the title. That's the chorus. It is John Lennon. Yes, Sean. Yeah. Oh, it is called War Is Over. Yeah. 
Who sang War is Over? Okay. That's what he wants. Yeah, that's what I want. Oh, wait. No, no. I want the... That's Paul McCartney? You know what I'm thinking of? Uh, so this is Christmas. That's the one I'm thinking of, yes. That's the one you want? Yes, that's the one I want. War is over. So this is Christmas. Yeah. All right, well, Sean, yeah. we'll make an exception for Ryan. This will be the last song that we ever play on the public podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, a patron, thank you for helping me differentiate the Paul McCartney versus the John Lennon. Again, how talented can you be to like create a new popular Christmas song? That's pretty wild. Um, or we could play them out with Mariah Carey. <laughs> Go. Go, really? <laughs> I love all the memes with Mariah Carey. What's the song Carey? called? War is Over. By John Lennon? Yeah, is it? Uh, there's, it's, it, the war is over is in parentheses. Oh, okay. What's it called? So this is Christmas. Working, searching. All right, there are people watching this, so keep talking. Buffering, 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 buffering. Buffering. Okay, well, while we're looking that up. Um, what do you got going hey, on over the there, Danny? Happy Chris, happy, happy Xmas, what? war's over. Ha- so yeah, happy Xmas. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Uh, war is over. But, yeah, it's like happy Xmas. He uh-huh. actually writes it. Yeah. But he right. sings Christmas in the song. Yeah. War is or war apostrophe. Okay. War is over. Yeah. All right. <sighs> All right, uh, I'm ready for the teleprompter. If y'all are, all right. What's up? Nice. Uh, it was like a sixty dollar chiropractic appointment. Oh, <laughs> I did that the other day. I was like having a lower back pain, and I like was doing this stretch, and just I don't know where. Like it was like it wasn't a pop. It was like a like a shift. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. I'm it, going to roll thing tomorrow. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. If it goes great, I'm going to... Because I know you what, really like the deep tissue stuff. What's your best rolfing score ever? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're thinking of top rolls. Oh. <laughs> All right. So if it's really... If it goes... If it goes... If it goes really well, what now? Uh, rolfing? I'll, I'm going to... I'll recommend the guy to you because I know you like the deep tissue stuff that oh Fantasia does. But rolfing is just really deep tissue for one... Like crazy deep. Like painful... Mm intense dude but really really getting in there yeah uh yeah the only thing i like i just i can barely stand fantasia's pain yeah let alone but, but the, the what the raw thing, thing does is they, they ease into it and so like because your muscles they aren't ready to speak for the fantasia karate chop mm-hmm. uh a doctor we go to his name's dr fantasia yeah and um, awesome chiropractors yeah him and uh Jamie Montalban. Yeah, Jamie Montalban. And anyway, we we go there and like they'll do really crazy deep tissue stuff, but they get right into it. Mm-hmm. With rolfing, you ease into it to get the muscles worked out, and then they go deeper and deeper and deeper, and mm-hmm. it, it's really intense. Yeah. It looks like this thing already started, but Here, I got it. Thank you. All right. All right, let's do this. I think I'm ready if y'all are. Can Danny, can I hand you this this uh, mirror? But then oh my God. Just shave my head. Quickly. Thank you. You can just yeah, hide it in there. I'll need it again later. Thank you. 
Here we go. Alabama's collecting your Christmas gift questions, specifically Christmas gifts, holiday season. Chat. So the minimal is going to be about Christmas gifts. The maximal is about the holiday season, joyous times, and also about um, try buy nothing for this holiday season. We'll we'll talk about that as well. Try buy. All right. Try buying. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over And you won't just be gone And so this is Christmas I hope you have fun The So 